0: It's the Shane Lowry on Saturday at Portrush of Pods, the Brave and Faithful podcast with Joe Troy and Will O'Callaghan.
1: You're very welcome along to this week's edition of the Brave and Faithful podcast with Joe Troy and myself, Will O'Callaghan. We are again being very safe this week on the pod and we're recording on Zoom. So with players and team management's Having to go back to Zoom, we have reverted to that too for this week. A lot to talk about. The Offaly footballers will still require a point against Derry this weekend to be 100% sure of their Division Three status for next year in the Allianz National Football League. It follows a defeat by a goal against Tipperary at the weekend where the biggest frustration was missing chances along the way. And as John Mohan will tell us, uh, some basic errors that they made. That game felt like it was there for the taking, uh, given that Tipperary had a couple of key injuries, including Philip Austin going off. And then they also played with 14 men for a considerable period when the game was in the balance in the final quarter of the game. But Tipperary were able to weather that storm and eventually come through by a goal. It sets things up, interestingly, for this coming weekend where Offaly will play Derry. Derry still with an outside chance of getting promotion, but you'd have to make down the overwhelming favourites when they play already relegated loud. Uh, But Derry are coming to Tullamore with something to play for Offaly know a point is enough to guarantee them their Division Three status, but if they were to lose, it all becomes a bit interesting because of what happened with Leitrim last weekend. Leitrim handing a walkover, which means that scoring difference can no longer be used. If Offaly were to lose against Derry, and if Leitrim were to beat Tipperary, in that case, it would be the results between the three teams which would decide who stays in the division for next year. Now, as it works out, Leitrim are currently bottom of that mini table because Offaly beat them by eight points in Carrigan Shannon way back in March, while Tipperary picked up a three-point victory against Offaly. So Offaly are in a reasonable position with a plus-five scoring difference, but things could go horribly awry if Leitrim were to beat Tipperary by a few points and if Offaly were to concede a scoreline against Derry. So John Mahon's side not still 100% assured as yet, of their place in the third flight for next season. We've got the hurling back as well. Uh, we'll be hearing from Michael Fenley, the manager of the Offaly Senior Hurling Team, as they get ready to drop into the Christie Ring Championship. They open up against Kildare. That's a meeting of two Kilkenny legends, David Herity and Michael Fenley on the sidelines this weekend. And a repeat of the first game that Michael Fenley had in charge, which was in the Móna Walsh Cup way back on the last weekend of November, uh, just heading into December of last year. Uh, We're Offaly picked up a considerable win at St. Brendan's Park, uh, but not without a challenge in the second half against the Lily Whites. And we'll be speaking to the Offaly Ladies footballers ahead of their campaign getting underway on the Halloween weekend. We'll talk to two Tullamore siblings in Katie Kyo and her sister Annie, who is the captain of the Offaly Ladies footballers this year. They'll have two games in a new group stage, which has been structured, where they'll play against Wexford and Roscommon, with the winning team from each group progressing into the semifinals of the championship. But Joe Troy, let us start with a positive story. And that's the Offaly Miners pulling off a little bit of a surprise on Saturday. Now, I take into account entirely that there was a five, six-month break. And So you never really know what form is after that. But there was a feeling that the Leash Miners this year could be contenders for the Leinster Championship. And Offaly knocked them out at St. Brendan's Park on Saturday.
2: Yeah, and a Leash team coached uh, by Derek McGrath, of course, of you know getting water for the All-Ireland Hurling final fame. And a lot spoke about them. Um, obviously, tore up the script as such they were content under Lee o'Connor and his management team in what they were doing um in what minors were available to Offley um since they started training and apart from the first 20 odd minutes where awfully took complete control um it, you know I, I suppose it seems remissive us now to be, um really bulking up a minor team um beating their near neighbor's leash but the way the underage result, results have gone in the last 10 to 15 years this has been a very very important result um it gives young players in essentially a knockout situation, it gives them more games, it gives them more training, it gives them more a chance to develop with, with high-class facilities behind them. And what I would take away from it, even if Offaly had a one lost um, or drew that match, is the style of hurling they played and was fantastic. They moved the ball very quick. They were very assured, they were very confident, right from Mark trying the goals. Uh, out to the likes of you know Luke Watkins, Sam Burke in that half back line. His pokeouts are just bang to the hand. They broke forward, they had heads up hurling, they moved the ball exceptionally well through the lines. The two midfielders kind of sat deep to negate Leash's threat in in, in Colin Spain and Carl King. Um, the two of them worked tirelessly. You know, they weren't running forward, taking pot shots. They were excellent link players uh, inside. Charlie Mitchell, who I won't say he was quiet. He took two brilliant goals with a plum. Um He was Offaly's minor hurler dear last year. He'll be in the running for again this year based on um, KK winning that club championship again. And also you had Lee Hogan in one corner, but Luke Carey was just immense in the other corner. Um, you've probably seen the clip that's kind of gone mini-viral on, on, online um, during the week of getting the ball flicking it you know, one-handed holding off a couple of tackles running in uh, close to the end line and just as it looked like he's about to pull the trigger to be certain of the ball handed it across to Charlie Mitchell and you know Cormac Egan from Tullamore got through a sight of work um, really really set up some good scores and of course um, Lachlan Quinn you know he was a star man 14 points but while he only scored two excellent points from play he won a lot of his own freeze but his, his striking was flawless you know I, I know he had a lot of close in freeze that you'd be expecting Freedekers to score but went out onto the sideline back behind the 65 and it was just a real real positive shoot which awfully hurt and needs um, you know had a fantastic win in the under 20 last year over Dublin I know we're playing Westmead tomorrow night in under 20 I would hope to get off to a good start there but slowly but surely along with the club championship form the youngsters that are stepping up for their clubs there is a bit of a bit of hope coming again that that certainly while we might be talking of winning Leinster or All-Ireland in the short term that there's a huge cause for optimism going forward.
1: Yeah, look, it erases some of the pain because you know the Miners took a little bit of flack last year when they lost to Kildare and there was that feeling that, again, off we were on this slump. It's good to see this bunch of minor players getting a good result. It lifts everyone, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. Last year, and, and even the, the two years before that, especially, like I, I went up to Ballycastle. I went down to, you know, I went to Tralee. I went to um, Walsh Cup matches the the Mona, watch Cup matches, Keogh Cup matches, where maybe Offaly um, had a defeat. And it just seemed to be, more so not within the county, more so a, a national empathy that, let's dive on Offaly, let's write their obituary, let's consign them to the past forever. And the same kind of crept in with the football as well. Anytime there was a bad result, when Offaly were making slow progress on the football front, a game maybe against Longford or Wicklow that they were maybe expected to win, people are very quick to jump on Offaly because of the historic success they have. But I think you know, Offaly have started the build. Um, They've put a lot of good people in a lot of good roles. Um, We have two top-class inter-county managers at senior level, which will make, obviously, playing senior hurling or football more attractive. Uh, That feeds down into wanting underage players to get in on the 20 squad to try and force themselves onto a senior squad. Uh, There's a lot of excitement in both codes. Everyone knows, Offaly aren't going to jump from here up to here straight away and, and start matching the best in their respective grades, be it, you know, Dublin and Kerry or Mayo in the football and, you know, the tipping and, and the likes in, in the hurling. But I do think if there's a gradual plan with some of the underage club teams we have, with what's going on in the schools again, um, the kind of, you could say, the nearly the county-wide review of, you know, let's get coaches educated, let's make facilities available, uh, let's get the right people in, let's make awfully hurling and football attractive. I'd certainly take any optimism that's going well because you and I have both seen it, uh, you know, being the station, Midlands 103 on our own social media platforms. The fact that we'd be at the games, um, there was a lot of of doom and gloom there. And I, for one, I'm a glass half-full person, you know, apart from being, obviously, games at Midlands County, you'd be a neutral commentator, but certainly I'm an awfully man. And and I just think we have to start to be realistic. I've said it the last couple of years. um, We've had to be realistic of where we are and we also have to pat ourselves on the back and stay working forward in terms of where we want to go. And you applaud yourself for every step you get along that journey.
1: Yeah, good scoring by the Offaly Miners at of the weekend too. Scored two goals and 18 points uh, to Leash's 12 points in that game in Borough. We'll get some reaction from him in a moment. But uh, chance for a little bit of revenge this coming weekend, Joe. They go to Kildare uh, to play them in Newbridge in the quarterfinals of this new-look, pretty cutthroat championship. How do you rate their chances this coming weekend?
2: I'd rate them highly, Will. Um, I won't lie. Look, I was talking to Leo O'Connor after a match, um, the Offaly manager, and he would have said, Look, excitement, we'll die it down, obviously. We'll prepare accordingly, get the game out of our system, because they know that you go to play a Kildare team that have had a very good win over Antrim. Um, mm. A Kildare team, there's not that fear factor there with Offaly anymore, and at any grade. So he'll know that Kildare will be a live threat, but I do expect um, the quality of hurling that they've played and they've a very good league team that they made look ordinary on that particular day. And that can happen in an underage hurling. It's, it's very simple for it to happen. But I think Leo O'Connor will know it's a banana skin. But I think there's just... Just looking at those players, they didn't seem cocky. They seemed to be nice, genuine young fellas. They worked hard. And if you get hard workers, you know, the skill will always match that in the end. But if you have players that have a good attitude and work harder, which they appear to have, I wouldn't have much fear of them. It's a pity, I call, obviously, during COVID times that... I'd be looking forward and up and maybe commentating on a double header, but of course I'll have to go to the senior game, which is on at a similar time. But you know, all all ears and all eyes um, on social media will certainly be on following that minor match.
1: Yeah, and good luck to the Miners this coming weekend. It is a big weekend, as uh, Joe mentioned on Saturday. You've also got Offaly against Kildare in Tullamore. That's a one o'clock start. And uh, we'll be hearing from Michael Fenley, the Offaly manager, about their prospects ahead of that game against the Lily Whites in a few minutes as well. Uh, but Joe, you were doing the stream for Offaly TV at the weekend, and uh, you were speaking to a couple of your co-commentators after the game.
2: Yeah, look, um, we got the talk. you know, Damien Carter... Um, of Leash GA, he streams a lot of Leash games and of course John Lahey, who is no stranger to the commentary box either uh, they get both angles and, and to be fair I think we'll hear from both of them in a minute a quality game, a hurling, a skill on both sides and even as Damien alludes to uh, he'd admitted the better team won on the day
1: Alright, let's hear then from Damien Carter and John Lai Damien's still involved uh, with his club, kill. John Lai of course, uh, former Klikorma Kalahi uh, player and manager and former awfully minor boss too this is what they had to say to Joe after the game
2: Damien, firstly, disappointment there for Leash. They came with high hopes to board today. Probably the fancied team gone in. You know, a lot of talk about this Leash team, but sometimes with underage hurling, just the results don't go your way.
3: No, it doesn't go the way. And I suppose you know, uh, not an excuse, Ryan, but it was the pandemic really came at the wrong time for Leash because early on the year, they were motoring, they were flying, they were playing fierce well, and that break just seems to have dismantled the team because they didn't look a, a fraction of the team that they were six months ago. So a pity for them, but great effort from them here today and things didn't quite work out for them but you know some bright sparks there that will I'm sure represent Leash in under 20 and senior in a few years to come
2: Probably Damien it's a point you touched on before the match even before the game panned out in front of us that on both sets of team there is going to be probably shocks in these championships I won't say this is a shock as such but Leash certainly heavy favourites coming in but you know preparations have been disrupted and you know a lot of players just who peaks at the right time because Leash would have put a lot of work into this maybe over the winter uh, aiming for I suppose a spring early summer time run at the championship and they'll be disappointed out there but again the work that they've done isn't going to be undone by them today
3: no and especially you know I suppose with the the change in format and going to the knockout kind of championship it, it worked I suppose in, in leashes not in their favour I suppose but you know they'll be very disappointed that they've exited the championship so early because they were kind of looking at this one as if they got over this one they'd get a good run in Leinster and maybe get to a Leinster final but they've been they've fallen at the first hurdle as it is
2: so John, from the Offaly perspective, do you know underage hurling there's probably been a couple of bad results the last couple of years. Um, a bit of doom and gloom about Offaly hurling, but a lot of work has gone in uh, to not only this side but a couple of Offaly underage sides. And this is a really positive result because you know Offaly would have come in as underdogs into this match as you said before the game, but certainly scoring two eighteen, running out twelve point winners, a big
4: result for them young lads. A uh, great result, Joe, There's no question. Um, you know a lot of these lads here are playing under twenty with their, with their club, and I've seen them a lot of the under twenty championship, and I, just a, there was a lot of and big players here were going right, right well with their club uh, and they really brought that here today. There's no question we were underdogs. Uh, There's no question Leash was going to come and we we said to them fire in two or three goals, but we prevented them to do that. We scored one nine in the first half, we scored one nine in the second half, and we reduced the leash to four points in the second half. So that was really the win and all I do agree with Damien. I think maybe Leash were trying to run the ball too often, and I think if they had to take their scores, it would been a tighter game. But like when you had a free taker like, uh, like like Quinn um you know popping over and finishing a title of 1415 points. There today was that was phenomenal. The work rate of the forwards, and as you pointed yourself, Joe, they're, they're attacking. They were just when they got the ball, they wanted to attack. it was method in their play, and in fairness, they were deserving winners.
2: Probably, you know, you always look for what way a team is playing, but certainly, awfully played with great organisation there today. You know, they worked the ball well through the lines. It was no hitting hope or individual hurling, as, as we'd call it. And, and certainly, they seemed to have of, of played to a very fluid plan because there was an awful lot of selfish uh, play going out there, the likes of, uh, you know, um, look, Cormac Egan and also Colin Spain in particular, to drift the back, won a lot of ball, and they probably knew their strengths awfully.
4: They did, and, and you had two options, Joe. Number one is, as you'd mentioned, you had, you had Colin Spain in the middle of the field, who was just a playmaker and even just near the end of the match there you could see with Colin he had a chance on what did he do he just fired it out there out to the side out, 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 out onto, onto, for Kerry to get another score on the board like when you have players that calibre that, caliber that they don't care who scores and the one thing I see Joe is that something that we've been lacking in a while when you hit that ball in there and you had Mitchell who's finished on two but had a quiet game and his standards and you had the looks like Luke Carey. when you had the players like that that physically can win it anyway at all then, you're, then you're, you're, you're really in the driving seat. and I think that was the really starting point for, for, for Offaly here today
2: and I suppose, Damien, we'll leave the last word with you. Certainly, you know, Leash go home disappointed, but I suppose a special note to, to the county squads involved and St. Brendan's Parking Board for this game to go ahead because a safe environment, um, you know, and it's great to see young players out playing and, uh, you know, get a, a chance to play at Inter-County Hurling because it would be such a shame if, if they didn't get a chance to play a minor championship.
3: Yeah, full credit to, to the Borough officials here today. As you've seen from the stand over there, everyone was well spaced out. It was well marshaled here today. And, you know, I suppose games can go ahead if it's like this but you know I, I just want to kind of finish on a last word for Offaly I'm very impressed with that minor team you know coming here today I had big hopes for that Leash team uh, What I didn't know what to te- make of this Offaly team I hadn't heard much coming out of the camp but a few excellent individual displays there and you know Mark Troy there was absolutely brilliant in the goal as well um, and I suppose Lachlan Quinn uh, Luke Carey so a bright hope for Offaly in the future as well there I suppose
2: well, Mark Troy certainly didn't pick that up off the ground the son of the great Jim Troy the former Offaly All-Ireland winning goalkeeper so it is Offaly who head into the next round of this Electric Ireland Leinster Minor Hurling Championship on a scoreline of Offaly, two goals and 18 points, Leash 12. And after that, I also spoke to Offaly manager and Limerick native Leo O'Connor on what it was to get his side over Leash and what they face against Killer the next day. Very impressive win today and probably a brilliant team performance.
5: Yeah, it was um, a good performance. The work and the honesty of them, and you know the work great right on the tackle. Um, the amount of turnover ball that we got. Granted, we were turned over a few times, but you know, today's today, and today's done and dusted now, so we we had four or five very bad wives in the first half as well. That we could have you know if we conducted them and when you get those chances they're the chances you have to convert they're the things you have to learn from today today is one day you know what i mean so we move on to the next and that's what we're trying to do
2: probably for a management team you'd be delighted with the teamwork there was no individuals out there looking you know for their own scores uh, they recycled the ball quite well they worked it out through the lines in in defense and you know lachlan quinn got i think 15 pints a couple from play but his free take was exceptional, but again, the players were drawing them freeze in scoreable positions.
5: They were, and they were working the tackle, and that's what we were trying to get them to do. Work the tackle, keep the work right in it, and keep the, keep their heads up, and find the man in the easier position, and lay it off, and, and deliver the ball in. I like God knows nineteen ninety four I remember it the office style of hurling, you know what I mean? And that's why I've tried to drive into these boys. The office style of hurling. Do the things simple with hard work read, and that's and that's what the teams of the past were built on and hopefully that this team going forward that they will be built on that.
2: Lastly, a huge win for them today of course the Midlands Derby against Leash and a lot spoken about that Leash team. You'd probably be keen to park that result. Killer got over Antrim, a game against Killer the next day and another forward step you'd hope for Offly Hurland. Oh,
5: hopefully but look we take one day at a time you know we've got to get that performance out of them boys again today again next
1: week or whenever it is on now at this stage but you know w- once while I never made a summer and you know that's the way we're looking at it now so that was Leo O'Connor the manager of the Offaly Minor team in conversation with Joe uh, Joe it'll be the early adopters of the podcast this week who'll get to enjoy you uh, looking at the chances of the under 20 team uh, because they will be out in the field at the Faithful Fields Wednesday night against their neighbours Westmeath uh, it's kind of an unusual preparation for this off the under-20 team, given that a lot would have been playing with senior clubs and then the under-20 championship was just about underway and then the pandemic put to an end the final stages of that championship and now here they are in with the county. Kind of been a, a strange one for Gary Cattle getting the team ready for this.
2: Yeah, look, um, both Gary Cattle, Shane Hand and Adrian Clancy, the management team there, um, it's had to have been hard on them. It's been frustrating on them, I'd imagine, in terms of their access to the players. I know we all have to deal the hand that we're dealt in terms of the COVID regulations. But essentially, they probably only had maybe six to ten training sessions collectively with these guys to to get them ready. Obviously, they would have started a lot of work uh, pre-COVID time and would have expected to have a bulk of time with these guys. But look, it's unfortunate, um, but I still think they know those players inside out. You know, you're talking about, as I said, Gary Cahill, Shane Hand and and Adrian Cancy. They know the landscape of the underage hurdle and inside out without even having access to the players, they'll know all about them and, and the form that they've been in with the clubs and, and, and stuff. I know Shane was involved at different stages with KK teams this year. Adrian Clancy, of course, managed us and the drum-culling uh, Clarine under-20s as well. And, you know, Gary's been working tirelessly with our underage. So, look, there won't be anyone better well-placed than those three guys to know what they have. But the preparation definitely um, hasn't been helped by, obviously, the involvement in the senior club championships, the Inter-County, champ, inter-county set-up at awfully. But, I still think these guys uh, would have bags of potential. Um, you know, you look at the under-20 final, which we've had at some stage with KK and Balamir, they'll provide the bulk of the squad. Um, you know, you'll be led by the likes of Ross Ravenhill, Brian Dignan, Kyle Kiley. Um, you know, you're looking to into border the likes of Nile you know, Joe Ryan, all these guys, Luke Nolan, all really stood out in a senior club championship this year. And that, that can only feed well back into an under twenty setup that these players have gone away for their clubs, they've got a full season under their belt, um, they've got an extra year out of minor some of them, and they've really kind of stepped up to the plate. I would be expecting while, well, you know, Westmead would have a solid squad as well, I think you know, based on how competitive Offaly have been with this grade and especially a lot of them in that win over Dublin last year, that they will have a, a solid, solid team um with maybe loftier ambitions of the first round. So look I'm looking forward to going to that game tomorrow night. Obviously I'll be doing some commentary on it for, for Midlands 103 and I just think the lads uh, as a management side will be keen to get the win, get their players back, get a bit more access to them, you know, liaise a bit with Michael Fenley and, and his squad. But definitely you'd want Offaly to be starting to make a good run in these championships because you know, that other 20 team, they had that win last year against Dublin. I still felt, and it still haunts me in my mind, that game against Wexford, that, you know, there was such a quick turnaround, such excitement to try and dampen it down. You know, for them young lads to play from the six, 7,000 people and that scorcher of an evening and not be that far away, I think if another week there had have happened and the pressure wasn't now on off they could have had a real say in that under-20 last year. But look, that's the way results go. But I am expecting Offley to uh, impress tomorrow night. Um... I, I'd expect that they, they need to because there's a lot of those players um, with several years senior experience and a lot of them now with a year, year and a half training with county squads at adult, senior level under their belt. So it's time that, you know, they they stepped up, grabbed it by the scruff of their neck and, and and gave back to the manager what the manager had given to those.
1: Yeah, and if you want to listen to that game, uh, Joe will have full commentary on the Midlands 103 Sport Facebook page where he's been uh, streaming games lately. And uh, one of the things I noticed, Joe, look, everyone's going for the video streaming at the moment. We, we might talk about the football and some of the kind of pluses and minuses which EA go and the weekend just gone by. But whether it be audio streaming, whether it be video streaming, people seem to be very engaged at the moment with this. You know, a lot of people are staying in touch that way.
2: Absolutely. Look, and there has been times as part of the commentary team at the Offaly uh, GA streaming and that have been doubling up in terms of Midlands 103 and also the Offaly stream. And you know, you see the mechanics of what comes through on the phone, um, particularly the interactions or how many people have logged on for a while. And this is the free audio stream, just and I got at the minor match in of there was there was over three thousand people had got in on that post, and um, which was amazing for midday of a Saturday, um, for a minor game. You know, and obviously. There's A commercial interest in, in the streaming services. Um, it, you know, while Offaly County Board would be um providing a stream and you pay your fiver for it, they still have massive overheads in terms of the production company and um, to come from overseas to do it to make sure it's pitched back out. And you know, look, we've we've had problems with the GA go over the weekend, and it's one thing that Offaly has been complimented regularly on over the weekend is their stream has been near on flawless. And uh, it's, it's you spend the money, you get what you pay for. It's it's probably not a big money spinner in terms of financing what the county board will get out of it, but certainly it provides uh, people with, with a top-quality service. And I, I've been amazed, particularly at the audio side of it as well, what has come through the station, what has come through the app. Um, and long may it continue, because it just shows the need for GA. While we're all worried with these restrictions from last night and, and the further lockdown, do you know, look, a lot of the population of Ireland are, are heavily sports oriented. I know other people say yeah look here the GA take precedence the GA are getting away with this they're not I've been to grounds it's 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 beyond safe you know John Irwin let me in the side gate the other day the chairman of RGA met with a mask and sanitizer. I was wearing a mask went in you follow GA instruction you wear your mask till you get to your commentary position you're essentially on your own or with a co-commentator you're either a social distance or you wear a mask it's very very simple um, stewards are not allowing any chances because no one wanted to fall back on their grounds there's been huge mistakes made in clubs in terms of what happened after the games in in public houses and house parties, the GA can't essentially control that because people will have this need to go out and socialise regardless whether they're sport or not. So look, I can only say I've been in GA grounds all over the county and indeed around Leinster and I will be going for the next couple of weeks as long as this GA has been played. So I felt very safe on the ground um, and I just have to commend the GA for it and hopefully we can all stay going.
1: Yeah, look, in fairness, we all kind of have a little bit of skin in all this, and for games to continue is good news for both Joe and I from a professional point of view, and I have to admit, I'm quite happy that elite sport has continued, not just Gaelic games. This week, I'm really looking forward to going to Tala Stadium on Thursday night to watch Dundalk against Molde in the Europa League, and I'm going to the Rugby on Saturday between Ireland and Italy at the Viva Stadium in the Six Nations, and up until Monday night, there was just so much doubt over what was going to happen, and... I'm lucky enough to be able to go there and work at the games. And otherwise, I'd probably be at home most of uh, the coming week and for the next six weeks if I wasn't going to work. And for people to be able to watch all this stuff at home, it's going to lift some of the gloomy, dark evenings that are ahead. At the same time, I can totally understand, Joe, where people are coming from. That You know, you can't go to see people outside of five kilometers of your home. You're not able to have visitors around at the moment. Uh, there's so many restrictions around travel and just personal liberties and so on. And I can understand why some people will be annoyed that sport is continuing. That you know, say last weekend I saw a lot of people saying, "Look, Kildare can go to Cavan, where there's one of the highest instance rates of COVID nineteen in the entire country." but yet someone in Kildare can't go to see their granny? I can understand that frustration too.
2: Yeah, and look, um, while we're talking in the interest of fairness too, if you want, if you if you get sick in your own role of doing the games you're doing. I'm glad you let you go to or some evening for an under-20 <laughs> match in, in the Long John in, in minus two weather at eight o'clock at night for for a football or a hurling throne. And I comfortably take the Aviva. But no, certainly, look, we're under no illusions. We're both in privileged positions to be able to see the games firsthand. And feeling that, you know, I think we, we endeavour our best, no matter what profession role we're all in, of, of bringing the, the action to people as best we can. But it has to be safe, you know, because... We're all going back um, we all have families and stuff. And, you know, while we'll be there and we'll use our social media to promote the events and stuff, the number one thing is is to be safe. And I would be just frustrated if, if we can't get through with people. You know, they can they can have the laugh and they can have the fun and, and they can talk about sport. But again today we have to be careful. We if there's an onus on us going to these games, and much like the players, that it's a personal responsibility after that. And you know, and there's there's no one like mixing with people more than me before and after a game. Absolutely in normal times a hundred percent. But you know, there's a huge onus on, on being responsible in this. And look, together we'll get through it. And I know for me, to have my Saturday or Sunday morning um planned around, you know, be able to pack my microphone a bit of gear and head to a game on my own because I'd, I'd be doing it without COVID time. So I'm just glad to be able to keep my routine going, keep my, you know, my mental health in check and, and keep active because if I wasn't able to go to the games, some of the games wouldn't be able to get to people at home. And they're the people you think of because a lot of people, particularly the older generations, people in nursing homes, um, you know, people self-isolating, they might base their week around that wheel because when me and you get to go to work. Uh, you know, Midlands 103 and, and, and places like that. Other people sit at home Monday to Friday and they're hoping to listen to their, you know, their Sean or their Mary or, or, or Kevin or Marta on the radio. They're hoping to listen to their grandchildren, their children, their neighbours' kids playing sport and that becomes their social highlight. And that's the number one uh, branch of people that I always think of in commentary. We all have smartphones, we all have social media, we can all get access to games, but there is people in a very, very vulnerable state at home that this becomes the highlight of the week.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Now we will, in terms of the streaming, uh, before we hear from Michael Fenley, the Offaly manager who we're going to dial up and bring to you now in a moment, uh, while we're getting Michael on the line, here's a chance to see that goal that Joe was mentioning about uh, that has gone a little bit viral from the weekend. Some really good team news and skill from the Offaly minor hurlers in their win at the weekend.
2: Sam Burke, the captain, and Offley now will try and clear it through Taft. Taft comes across the field. Offley are going to have to come hard at this through Cormac Egan. He's been chased all the while by Lawson Obilar. Here comes Cormac Egan now, just trying to run down the touchline. Lawson Obilar loses foot and then Egan comes away with that. Sends a good ball down towards uh, Luke Carey. Luke Carey battling hard there for that with Jack Feeling. A good battle between uh, two good players, and Luke Carey still brings this ball forward. He's coming in along the 14. This is a good run by the young Offley corner forward across the face of goal as far as Charlie Mitchell. Bang! Goal in the back of the net like to say
1: we're now joined by the awfully senior hurling manager, Michael Fenley. It is the week of championship. It's a lot later than it was planned to be played. And normally, we would have been getting ready for late June, July for the start of this Christie ring. There's been plenty of twists and turns along the way, including... The teams from Britain not being involved in the championship now, so a slightly different structure. But the long and the short of it is, if Offaly were to beat Kildare this Saturday afternoon in Tullamore, they'll progress directly into a quarter final in the competition, and then it'll run off basically between this weekend and the last weekend of November. Uh, Michael, what's the feeling? What has the kind of three or four weeks of having the players back been like for you?
6: Yeah, it's it's been great. Well, in one sense, obviously to be back, uh, aiming for a goal and, and back aiming for a championship, you know, that's been very positive um you know the first couple of weeks was tough because obviously we're in a mini lockdown during the year and basically everything was put back in terms of the club championships so we had very little players for maybe two weeks you know you're talking maybe eight official players and then we brought in a couple of players that we wanted to have a look at so we had numbers of maybe 12 or 13 in train sessions you know which is which is minute and it's very hard to plan and prepare with that with that amount uh, of players so so obviously, uh, uh, the county final never happened, and we had players a week earlier. But at the same time, I think I think I would prefer to play the county final to to get that over and done with, so players had full focus on the on the inter championship no, in the inter championship. But. All in all, you know, they came back anyway, a lot of them came back in, not in a good nick, a lot of them came back with hamstring injuries, broken fingers, you know? so again we are dealing with that then for probably two weeks, so it's been a mixed bag, but overall it's great to have them back now, most of them are back in full health, and you know, looking forward to the week coming now.
1: Yeah, uh, Tell us about the ins and outs then, who came into your panel after the club championship that maybe wouldn't have been involved before?
6: Um, so we had a few players Adrian Hines would well, have came in um, young Aaron Maher from baden came in um, Podge Gein from Drunk Holland um, P- Paddy Delaney we're looking at Paddy at the moment now he's a bit of an injury at the moment with his cartridge, cartridge in his knee but I think you know, there's potential to play through it uh, maybe a little later in the championship um, who else did we have we had a few players like that that came in and I suppose look, they, they were showing up in the, in the club championship they were playing well and we felt we needed to have another look at them um, but unfortunately, a couple of them, you know, Adrian hurt his back in his first session or two. Uh, Joey Keenan actually came in as well. He got a knock in, in the leg against me in a challenge match, so he was out for a couple of days. So, so the boys that came in, they got knocks, so they were gone for another couple of days. And again, that made it more challenging for them to to come onto the panel. But but all in all, as I said, they've all actually came back now. We're only missing maybe two or three, um, so it's it's not too bad.
2: Has it been something Michael has probably helped you? I suppose other years when you come into the job. Um, you've been coming on the back of maybe last year's panel with the advice of people in the county the fact that it's been a frustrating summer for all inter-county managers you've actually got to see a lot of the games at all the levels and as you said you've, you've had lads from the senior B championship from the senior A you've seen nearly everything up to the senior A and B finals so has that been a help for you to actually with the streaming service to see all these players um, at first hand in championship action?
6: Oh yeah, Joe. It's been massive. Like last year, as you said, I was going to games not knowing any player, and it's very difficult to be looking at thirty players in the field, and I suppose going on the back of what some people are saying, and using your own coach tonight like, to see, look, that player there has potential, and I suppose everyone's got opinions, and everyone, and those opinions may not be right, you know. So, um, so I had to listen, obviously, listen to a lot, lot of different people, which is good, and you, you, you cross correlate, I suppose, and see what you come up with. But um, but I know all the teams very well at this stage, I know all the players very well, um. So yeah, we've we've been we've had an open uh, open panel Joe and that's the way I've always looked at it and I would have said it before the challenge that we will be looking at different players and who's putting their hand up and who wants to play for off I suppose so so without a doubt has definitely been very useful and even in those club games you know I got to see players more again like you know during the league campaign like to be fair we did actually get a lot of players on the field we got to look at a lot of different players but then we had three four games at club level where they're all playing so it was great for me to see them in more you know playing form.
2: And has it been a stressful time on you as a county manager? I know you're not the only one, obviously, in that boat, but it seems like so long ago, since I first met you down in the Faithful Fields. it could be last October, November, we are coming on the crest of a wave after your pre-season, and you know, we are talking about the variety night, you, know, you had players in good spirits coming into it, and then all of a sudden it's paused. As an inter-county manager, how hard has it been to have access to players over, over Zoom and over conference calls to get them to keep some level of fitness and then you're coming back in essentially starting a pre-season within a pre-season
6: yeah look that's it's very difficult and you know I would have stated as well during the middle of the summer I, I thought it was right for the lads to go back to the clubs I think you know that's where they do belong and and it's good to get a, a club championship I suppose the only pitfall for an intercounty manager is what way are they going to come back you know what are they doing in training at club level um, every manager has their own kind of uh, way of doing things you know and again it might fall into what I'm thinking um, and they might not Know vice versa, basically, they might might not think what I'm doing is is good enough either. But just, uh, I suppose, the injury side of things was a big thing. You know, how many will come back with injuries because the transition is going to be so tight and so small that two or three weeks of an injury could actually, you know, wipe you out for the the championship, to be honest about. Because if we can't get to see you, you know, within those couple of weeks. We'll be going from week to week in terms of the games and very, very difficult for a player to come back onto to a team. So that was the, my big worry. Um, but the players have been very honest. Um, you know, We tried to do a bit of GPS during during that time, get a bit of that and see how they're getting on. And again, we tried to feedback as much, much as possible in terms of what they're doing that week. Maybe they don't do too much. Maybe they've done too little. Um, and again, for me, I think as well, look, they were back at their clubs and I had very little contact with them because I, I just thought and felt that, you know, you become more controlling over as an inter-county manager and you want to control everything and, and that's just not right for players. They needed the freedom to go back to the clubs, to play at the clubs, enjoy it and then when they're back officially with inter-county, well then that's when I kick in. So you just have to have a lot of trust and a lot of faith I suppose and, and that's what I've done with it and or dealt with it. But I think now it is getting more challenging in terms of I suppose, protocols and restrictions. And you know, I can't have all the players in one room now, so how do you go about giving them a talk? How do you go about getting a message to them? You know, doing it outside, the weather uh, elements is another, is another issue. Gyms now are closed, and we don't have many gyms in off- and clubs, so there's a lot of challenges coming down the line. But look, it is what it is. We have to get on with it and find solutions.
1: I'd imagine the localised lockdown can't kind have of an easy either, Michael, in terms of I know you've got the streams and you're able to watch matches in that way, but it severely curtailed in terms of what you could do for that three-week period at the end of August when the local championships were kind of coming to the fore.
6: Yeah, I suppose that, that was you know a difficult time and you are looking to to get him back in earlier and get back working with him and a plan in place, I suppose, to, to, to bring it back in, I think, maybe three different groups at three different times. So all that was in place, the next thing that was all pushed back further and Things start getting a bit more awkward and messy, and as I said, um, you know, with injuries and that, it's very difficult. And you're looking then to build players back up, well as well. So you you can't go in and click a switch and we're back to intercounty level. You have to take a bit of time, you know, see how they're doing uh, personally off the field, on the field. Um, so it's, it's a balancing act, and you know, it does take a lot of uh, a good backroom team to try and get the balance right. But but I think we've got it right so far, and I'm hoping you know, over the next couple of weeks we might see the, the fruits of that.
1: When it comes to the desire around this season, we saw the GPA survey last Friday and 52% happy enough to go ahead, around 20 wanted certain reassurances and around a quarter were a little bit uneasy about the championship. Was that anything as a group that you would have discussed at any point about how lads were actually feeling about going back in for the rest of the year?
6: Yeah, without doubt, and as I was saying, there, the communication piece is difficult. And as I said, I, I can't get into a room altogether. So um, I actually, about a week and a half ago, we did a small mini survey, just just one question. It was fairly simple: Are you happy to be back playing into county hurling? It was a yes, no, uh, unsure, leaning on yes, and unsure, leaning on no. And we had to be with four or five players who said they're unsure, leaning on no. Uh, and again, I wasn't surprised by that to be honest, because you know some of the lads have parents who are high risk, you know, and are living with their parents. So. Uh, it's completely acceptable and completely normal. And, again, I would have said to the players, just look, contact me if if any concerns. There's anything that we can do. And this is voluntary. There's no pressure on anyone. And you have to put your family first as well. Like, you know, sort of encourage players, if they feel like they need to walk away, uh, do do so. Um, and, again, I wouldn't say they're walking away, but they're, they're making the right option for them. And I think that's important. And, and we've had maybe two, two or three players with different things that have stepped away from the panel, like you know, and that's just the, the norm, to be honest. You know, there's it's heavily committed, um, you, you know, it has to be a priority in your week. And if you're not making a priority, you're only half doing it. And you know, is it, it, it works at the end? Like, so a lot of lads are putting it, you know, as number one, pretty much, and they're, they're trying their best to balance with work and everything else that's going on.
1: And look, it's difficult for lads too. I mean, you don't want to let down your teammates or the other lads in the panel and you want to be there for them. But at the same time, your own personal circumstances might kick in. I mean, I guess they're the kind of conversations that have to happen before this kind of very important six or seven week period coming up.
6: Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I said, there's no pressure on anyone. and We're in unprecedented times, being honest about it. And it's very much unknown. and We don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks either. Like, so... You know, for me, like as I said, I'm only a player. I retired in January, so I understand the anxieties and you know, and everything else. The pressure of playing into county, to be honest, first and foremost, that's huge. And now you have COVID on top of that, and people are still expected to work and and and, and play to a high level. So it's just, like I said, getting the balance, the balance of it, and just you know, prioritising what is important. And this is supposed to be enjoyable. You know, it is supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be fun. You know, no doubt, the whole country, a lot of GA fans are looking forward to it. But um, but just suppose, the whole social element for the play is probably nearly gone at this stage in terms of um, you know driving to matches and driving to, to training sessions individually staying out with dressing rooms so there's actually no regathering really gathering where you can have a conversation being honest about uh that's the disheartening thing about but at the same time the players are driven they're motivated they want to play they enjoy it um and i, I think if we can get over this five six seven weeks you know i think i think be great for the players great for it's for awfully for myself obviously um and just get through it, really, and then we look at 2021. Um, because if we do close up shop, close up shop now, what's to say when are we going to get back next year? Will it be January? Will it be March? Will it be some, the summer, June? So um, I just really, really hope we do get through these coming weeks, um, and, and I suppose in a safe way.
2: Obviously, we're in the the midst of this national crisis, and with the with the talks of the further restrictions coming today. Obviously, Ireland is a heavily uh, motivated GA country, but to the people that are on the outside looking in, that maybe don't play sport. How important is it, one, for the mental psyche? And also, I suppose the question I'd ask is, from someone that's involved in that inner-county elite uh, bubble that's there at the minute, how do you see how safe it is at the minute? You know, what's the message you'd relay back to the general public about the preparation and what you're seeing on the ground?
6: Yeah, well, look, I suppose, first of all, about the protocols, you know, like we're, we're very stringent, they're very strict on them. Um, you know, we're, we're not in dress rooms for no more than five or six minutes. Lads are just landing their gear bags in there. They're getting outside, Getting their activation work done. We have set up some um, some marquees, uh, some canopies up in off lead faithful field, so players have a bit of cover there if, it, if the weather's not great. Um, we have them out in the field as well, so we have them on Nassar turf and, and on the field. Um, and players bring their own water; they bring it out with them. Um, you know, uh, everything is done to uh, you know a really high level in terms of social distancing. We're not using the gym, so there's no one gathering in groups um, I think that, that's that's what's really important here um, and we're, we're trying to suppose if any player has the flu or any sort of sniff at all they contact a doctor and normally they're out of training for those couple of days getting tested um, and they don't come back until 48 hours until the, the cold or whatever it is is actually gone and obviously it's a negative test so I think our protocols are very strong uh, very safe if they're as safe as possible again it's, it's never going to be 100% but I, I think you know we are going down the right route it will be good to see more testing I suppose happen Um in the GEA and, and just, I suppose, more, more resources there. But again, it, we're depending on the government, I suppose, to, to provide a lot of this money too. So that is difficult. Uh, so I was on the second point then in terms of mental health and, you know, like we're in, we're in wintertime, it's dark evenings. Um, you know, uh, what, what are we going to do without this? I suppose is my question. And for me, it'll be a fairly depressing couple of months without, not, without having these games. Really loving it at the moment, really enjoying it. Really enjoying the challenge, and I think for people, you know, who are supporters and watching the game, you know, it's savage to be talking about. You know, watching the football the weekend, watching the highlights, the performances. You know, what's going to happen over a couple of weeks now with the games and and the games to look forward to. So, uh, so there's a lot going on there, and and you know, as I said, I really hope they do happen because you know it's going to be a massive part of keeping everyone somewhat sane over, over the coming months.
2: And Before I go back to Will, Michael, I suppose obviously with the announcement that the GA is getting the green light to go ahead and, and play the Inter-County matches, I suppose we'll have to bring it on to the, the topic, the match itself. Obviously, the format has changed um, with the groups going out the window earlier on. We knew that in the summer. Uh, playing Kilaire, of course, managed by your ex-team David Herity, um, a team that really came up um, in performance levels year on year the last couple of years. I know there is a certain safety net um, if we, fighter if we, if team happen to lose, but Are you wary of the the challenge Kildare brings? bring? There's obviously a huge amount of respect there and how are Offaly shaping up coming into it?
6: Yeah, without doubt. Look, David has uh, got a lot of experience now at the manager side of things with Kildare and obviously he's working with a couple of club teams, you know, kind of maybe on and off with sessions and obviously he's working with the the Camogie Dublin girls. So he's very experienced and, you know, over the years, you know, I'd 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 have known a lot of the Kenny Hurlers who've gone up and heard with Kildare and that and be very familiar with... I suppose the, the strides that they've made over the last couple of years. So I was also up there last year with the with the footballers as well. So I would have crossed over to hurlers every so often, but no, there a lot of lads are passionate. You know, they're good good hurlers, good stickmen as well. Um, no, so that, that was going to be a challenge for our lads. Um, I suppose the position we're in at the moment, as I said, we we have a lot of lads coming back from injury, which is good. Uh, they're getting up getting up to match pace, which which is also good. And uh, I think the spirit is good now. And look, these games, you just never know what's going to happen on the day. Weather could be, you know, it could be a storm on the day, uh, you know, water, pitch, you name it. So it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. And it's a matter of getting ourselves right, I think, more than anything, Joe, on the day and, and having our lads trying to perform to their best. That's the way I would look at it. And, and that's the way the boys would be looking at it. So not, not exactly worrying about the results as such. Just worrying about, not worrying, concentrate on performance.
1: I remember watching you play Kildare in the Welsh Cup just before Christmas last year. God, it feels a, a very, very long time ago when you played them in St. Brendan's Park. But uh, that day, you, know, you put up a good first-half scoreline and then Kildare were very impressive in the second half. So you've got a bit of a feeling of what they're like already.
6: Yeah, no, it was, uh, the first game, actually, uh, that I managed awfully. And... Uh, quite anxious going into the game because I didn't know what to expect I suppose and uh, even from the players like it was a very early game in in the year like I I think it was maybe like the end of November or something like um, Mm -hmm. so it was um, we're barely back training like you know so again I was seeing players you know from the the first nearly first couple of sessions uh, and Lads actually played very well that day second half yeah Kildare probably controlled a good part of that good parts of that game and, and they've done quite well in their puck outs from memory. So, um, so no, look, they're, they're going to be willing to move the ball around, willing, willing to play. And no, no doubt David will have a, a game style in, in terms of preparing for Saturday. Um, and that's the beauty of the sport. Look, it's, it's going to be a great challenge for us and, and obviously for him. And it should be a, a good game.
1: I can only imagine in terms of the challenge of trying to get a team ready, it must be very difficult when you come out of the league at the end of kind of early May, late April, you've probably got somewhat of an idea about how you want the team to uh, fit together, players getting into positions. Then you've this tremendously long break, players playing out of position in the club championship, and then you've got a very short run-in of three or four weeks to try and get everything right for a first game of this championship. That has to be a pretty tricky thing to try and balance out.
6: Yeah, you're going back to a clean sheet, Will, to be honest, you know, (laughs) because uh, March was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So very much we had a clean sheet thinking of our team and thinking what we were going to play and what we need to work on. So uh, we got to see him at club level, which is important, and see kind of the things are going well and things that weren't going so well. And then I suppose when we got the players back then, we kind of had another look at him again and seen. What's the most you know, what's the most appropriate style for Offaly to be hurling? And I suppose what are the things that we can improve on? And I, I do firmly believe there's huge capacity there to improve in Offaly. Um, but it just needs time and it needs effort and it needs a lot of work, to be honest. And I suppose we are in a short period here now. There's a short window, ideally like another couple of weeks. But it is what it is. And, uh, and the players have responded very, very well, to be fair to them. Uh, I, I can't ask for anything more because they, they haven't complained once about the gyms or about, you know, the that the not the using the dressing rooms, like, you know, taking the food, bring it home with you, you know, so there's a lot of difficulties for them and genuinely I haven't heard one complaint. Maybe they're complaining behind me back now, but I d I don't think so, you know.
1: <laughs> the players will have to deal I'm with a certain
6: amount. <laughs> some... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you will have to deal with a certain amount of expectation though, you know, given that offley have come down from the Joe McDonough, given that Offley were a Leinster senior team not that long ago the expectation will be there that Offley should go and win this Christy Ring. You're going to be seen as overwhelming favourites to win it. Your players, I guess, have to just deal with that weight of expectation.
6: Yeah, like it hasn't came up or anything. Being honest about it, and like we're down there for a reason. And there's never such, a, there's no such thing as you know when you go down, you bounce back up. I would have seen this year even in the Kilkenny Championship. Um, Tadhg Hur went down junior this year, <laughs> or Sorry, from last year, and. Um, and basically they were expected to come back up and are beaten in the semi-final, you know, so uh, I think for me that was a, a big, you know, clear message, you know, a clear warning sign that there's no guarantees in this and having your head right for the day is so important. And normally, look, uh, if you are favourites like the underdogs, if you get a run on you, they can really hurt you, like, you know, but um, favourites, tags, underdogs, that stuff doesn't bother me, to be honest. Um, as I said, we focus on ourselves, folks, focus on our performance and our standards and I expect our players to meet our standards.
1: But I'd imagine when you went in as manager, I'm sure when you spoke to the county board, was there a feeling from them that getting out of the Christie ring was a priority for the first year of your tenure or were those kind of landmarks set down at all?
6: Yeah, look, without was doubt, I suppose everyone wants to get out of the Christie ring, but it's not, it's not as simple as that. And a lot of people say to me the only, the only way is to go up, you know, but glad you can stay down there for a couple of years and you can go sideways. So, um, So, yeah, like... That kind of talk is not good, to be honest, and it's not good for anyone. It's not good for my players or even myself. So I, I don't really be listening to it. Being honest about uh, sport is fickle. Uh, that's one thing I, I know from experience. And um, you know, you're expected to, to when you're expected to win is a day you have got to be very, very careful. Um, so, so yeah, look, obviously, you know, county board people obviously are looking and hoping that we get out of Christy Ring, but you know, we're just folks on our own you know, game by game, for uh, as I say performance is key well, for us. Like, you know, we're not worrying about winning games or anything or lines. We want to basically perform to our standards and we we, we take it from there.
1: You spoke about uh, preparation. Mike, oh sorry, go on Joe.
6: Yeah, Michael, one thing
2: I suppose I actually took note when I first met you in the Faithful Fields was the one thing I asked you what you were hoping to get out of your time in Offaly. And I think one of your messages was to build a culture, how important that is in teams. How have you found your time in Offaly in terms of culture being built right across the board? Because Obviously, you've spoken only about the panel, the commitment they've given you. Um, We've seen last week the Miners had a, a superb win against the Fancy Leach side and, and, and obviously a game against Calair this weekend. At uh, the 20s, we won't know their results till Wednesday night. You've worked alongside of them pre-COVID uh, with their management team in the faithful fields. Um, for the supporters listening on, how much green shoots have you seen coming through?
6: Yes, you know, you know, there's a lot of positivity going on, Joe. Like the Faithful Fields, first of all, is, is an unbelievable facility. Got it. Every time I drive into it, I love it. I love going up there. I really look forward to it. Um, Christy there is the man that looks after up there, and, and the place looks brand new, genuinely, absolutely brand new. So, um, you know, you have a, a number of fields there. You have AstroTurf, you have a number of dressing rooms, you have a gym. So the place, there's a great feel to the place, a great, you know, for me, that's massively important. There's a great feel to it straight away by driving in. I'm actually looking forward to driving in, so that's definitely part of the culture. Um, again, players are very professional in terms of how, how they conduct themselves. You know, I would have chatted to the miners um, last week there for a couple of minutes. You know, and them young young lads, you know, it was a great win against Leash And obviously, I think they're playing to be Clare this weekend. Am I right in saying that? Uh, and you could see from social media, you know, the kick that everyone got, and even the kick our own players got in terms of, you know, it's great to see it coming through and. Again, look, it's not to say that you have a lot of players coming through, but the, the win was massively important. And I suppose the consistency for them lads now is even more important to put to put a back to back performance together. So that's most that's that's most important for that group. Under twenties then I suppose, you know, they had a great season last year, but now we have a completely new season this year. Um you've obviously new players in there as well. And they'll be looking to try and kickstart their one now on Wednesday and try and get off with a win. Like that's knockout, it's tough going. Uh, I know Gary hasn't had the players for long whatsoever because a lot of them have been playing club senior, have been playing club under 20, football and hurling because, you know, it's it's obviously dueling awfully. So that's been very challenging for him. Um, Very, very challenging. But again, the players seem to be responding well. And again, no complaints coming out of that camp.
1: I was just thinking, Michael, in terms of getting ready for this, I was just chatting to a few managers in recent weeks and they were trying to line up challenge games and they were saying it was actually pretty tricky because these competitions are kind of starting in a little wave in different weekends and even, say, getting a Joe McDonough team might not have been easy in recent times. I heard you played Mead. I heard you are playing against Tipperary. Was it difficult to actually find teams to play in the last two or three weeks given everything that's been going on?
6: Um. I suppose we, we probably had our, our ducks in a row probably early on, Will, to be honest, because the way I looked at it, I wasn't wondering would it happen or not. I was basically going on the basis that this was happening and, and that's it. And You can easily cancel games if it doesn't happen. So we actually had our games in place and you know we had another game there yesterday as well and, and I had that in the schedule. That just came a, bit, a little later because I felt maybe like that, that was our first time actually having our group of players together to play together. And I just felt instead of actually maybe doing an internal maybe match, why not get a challenge match maybe and play... Whatever our 220s or our 230s, so so that actually worked well. But you get a feel for it, you know, during the week, and you get a feel for it, okay. Like, I think we, we need this, or we might need that. And, and you are chopping and changing a small bit, but but I had those games playing up earlier on in the year, and, and that kind of helped, obviously. And during their 20s, you know, that they got caught out. Um, we were supposed to play it off in their 20s, um, you know, a week and a half ago, and we had to change that around because um, they had club stuff going on as well, like you know, so there has been things chopped and changed. You know, I had three or four different schedules done up and I had to adapt and change them accordingly. And then eventually I was like, here, I'm not sending this on anymore because uh, I'm probably wrecking players' heads on, on the amendments. But uh, but I think everyone is understandable to what's going on. And the things were changing for COVID every week as well. So, um, And obviously, if COVID cases arise in, 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 in like that obviously restricts a lot of movement as well.
1: Yeah, that is going to be one of the challenges though, isn't it? That you know, panels are going to get hit with COVID-19 cases uh, between now and the end of the championship. And you know, we saw the first of the walkovers with Leitrim at the weekend just gone by. Um, I guess everyone being very careful and trying to make sure that the COVID cases stay low in the panel could actually prove to be quite important as we go on.
6: Yeah, you know, it's going to be massively important, Will, and... And again, look, I, I think people have to be acceptable um, towards it. Like, how you know, that potentially will happen. Um, you know, I mean, I heard there was a few cases in t- in, in Wexford. Um, God, people were massively surprised, shocked from what I could see on social media and, and news reports. I was like, where are they shocked? Sure, we had them in the club. Like, so how are we going to not, not have them at Intercounty? Of course we're going to have them. It's the norm. And we just have to keep on it. And get on and, and again pr- protect our players as much as possible. Protect everyone, our backroom staff, um, and, and just to be accessible. That actually will happen, and we just need to adhere to the guidelines and, and try and get them back. I suppose when they are fully fully right, and, and hopefully there's no severe cases from it. For Man, obviously had a really bad time with it, um, and even Leeds. From you know, I, I, I saw one comment that something you know was unacceptable for what they did. They did you not know earlier in the week that they wouldn't have a team? But as I said, we're, we're in different times and it's very challenging for, for management and for, and for players and to know what's going on and and, uh, and and it could be to the last minute or the last hour of, of the day that actually, look, you have to actually maybe forfeit a game. So it's not easy. you know. It genuinely isn't easy for anyone and no one wants to be forfeiting games and to be honest, it's probably going to be normal as well that that, that could actually happen again. So, you know, I, I just hope people are more understanding around these things and realise, look, it's not going to be straightforward this, this over these coming weeks and we just have to you know, be happy to have games, be happy you know, that we, we have players out there and we're watching probably quality games on the weekends.
1: Yeah, because look, the Tipperary football manager, David Power, was pretty frustrated after their game against Offley the weekend about Leitrim handing the walkover because scoring difference is now taken out the window and that could potentially benefit Leitrim depending on what happens this weekend. And from that point of view, I can understand why Tipperary would be annoyed. But the flip side to that is it would have been a lot worse if Leitrim had gone to Nori and then they find out that half a dozen of their players had COVID-19 and potentially the players from down could have been put at risk. I think you are much better off to hand over a walkover and not have that risk of public health there.
6: No, without doubt, will like for me. That doesn't the scoring difference in that. You just have to accept it. To be honest, it's tough. It's not easy, and you know that's just the way it is. Um, And like I said, we're we're delighted to have the games back, and we'll take them whatever way they come. And things might not fall your way, but we just have to get on with them and accept them. And um, as I said, there's a bigger picture here for for the whole society, for for Ireland, for um, everyone who are big supporters, young and old. You know, I think everyone's looking forward to games and and we're here to to provide that, I suppose, and and facilitate that as best we can. But it's not going to be smooth. And, And as I said, we're not probably, it's not all about us. It's about, you know, there's a bigger cause here, I think.
1: You mentioned earlier on that you're missing a few players, two or three that won't be available for this weekend. Um, are they key injuries that you have, or how many lads are you likely to be without?
6: We, well, we have. We've had um, Mark Egan, I suppose, one of our older players. He, he's got a, a bad hamstring uh, injury. And it's likely that, you know, he's going to be gone for the championship, being honest about it, it's that severe. Brian Watkins, again, one of our older players, he um, is having issues with his groin. Again, it hasn't, you know, there has been no real improvement over two weeks. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking to, to get that scanned and just to see exactly is there something else going on there uh, with his grind. So, again, he's another player gone. And then so I mentioned Paddy Delaney. He's come onto the panel there now as of yesterday only. Uh, he's a bit of a cartilage issue in his knee. But, um, you know, we're trying to rest him for as long as possible. And, and then to give him, most a, a chance a little later then in terms of training. Because that's just an injury that you need to kind of monitor the load and, and watch the load. Uh, so there's a few players like that. Peter Geraghty is back now. He, he, he had a broken finger. Paddy, Paddy Rigney had a broken finger. And they're back now um, as of this week. Or so, sorry, as of last week They took part in the physical contact and training. Um, and they seem to be coming on okay. But they, they still need another week or two, to be honest. You know, but, but However, we're there now.
1: And Shane Dooley was kind of used cleverly by Tullamore towards the end of the football championship and an impact off the bench for the best part. I'd imagine he's coming back towards fitness for you.
6: Yeah, Shane is, um, you know, he's, he's been playing football and hurling. Um, I suppose for Tullamore, and they got to the, the final, obviously, uh, in, in the football. So he's been playing away football. He's been playing away every week, which has been good. Um, and he's back in with us now as well. And he probably still probably needs a, a bit more room for improvement on the fitness side of things. I think he knows that himself. You know he's 33 now as well and you know as an only self it's difficult when you get into your 30s you know it's it's harder to get fitter and again there's there's things where we come against him with, with injuries and he's had an issue with uh, with a foot um, a broken bone in his foot there at the start of the year and that's it's much better but it's still probably not 100% right you know and, and those things can be can be, uh, I suppose, concerning and it can be a, you know, a serious niggle to him. So, but he's, he's back and he's, he's in good spirits and uh, and it's good to have him around the dressing room.
1: So that was Mick Fenley, the awfully hurling manager, and they play this coming Saturday 1pm at O'Connor Park in Tullamore against Kildare. Also, aboard Namo O'Connor Park on Sunday at 2pm. It's a huge game now for the Offaly footballers. They knew after Leitrim's walkover, they would need one point from their last two games against Tipperary and Derry. Two difficult games to finish out the campaign. Uh, but they lost out against Tipperary at the weekend. one sixteen to 16 points in the end. It was a Sweeney penalty late in the first half that proved the difference between the teams. But Offaly had plenty of chances in the second half when that game was in the melting pot at one and two points. And just some poor decision-making in front of the goal, understandable when a team is coming back and a little bit rusty on a different day, I think Offaly could have beaten Tipperary, but in the end, Tip got out by three points, Joe, and at this stage, the one point they know is going to be enough against Derry, but it's a very difficult fixture to finish with, Derry at home.
2: It is, um, but the only thing is Offaly know the target in, in their head. They'll probably have to go for this more and Derry will, um, looking at the perspective two ends of the table, but I would have been slightly disappointed that we didn't get the result against Tipperary looking at the club championship form going into it. Um not being able to call on Niall McNamee from the start and not being able to call on Keane Johnson at all um was a big blow because you're you're talking well I won't say arguably, you're talking two of your best three forwards um on form in the county. You know, the other one probably been Keane Farrell that, that got a number of scores the other day. So I'm kinda of lo- looking for the scenario where Niall Mack is thought in at full and you'll have the two Keens either side of him finally. And see what damage they can do. Um, because for, for different reasons, between the lads with the under-20 commitment the last few years, Niall been injured for a while last year, um, we're all waiting to see how that happens. But I would not be too perturbed. I'd still, my sole focus would be on, you know, just not getting relegated in the league, picking up that point, and then obviously going and seeing where we can compete in that Lentzler championship. Because I do think there is enough in that Offaly squad. With the players that's back, you know you see Jordan Hayes on the back of a, a good solid club campaign with Eden Derry uh, coming in there at midfield. You know Owen Carroll going back at wing back would be a good move because we all know Owen is a powerful runner with the ball and can kick a score as he did the other day. Yeah, he off got through a, a really lot of work on squad, Sunday, you Owen's know? uh, a serious operator. You know, and you have Peter Cunningham, Johnny Maloney, Mikey Brazel, Anton. You know, come in the other day. There's options there. That's the, that's the thing is, often aren't looking out to the line and saying. Do you know, we haven't got a whole pile here. Offaly have realistically 20, 22, 24 guys that for any given stage or with various roles that, that John Martin is trying them in, that they have a squad and, you know, I, I'd be very very hopeful long-term with that Offaly football team that I know in, in a couple of years and, you know, maybe optimistic in a couple of years saying that, you know, Nile Mack is still going to be there leading the line, but while you have his experience around the, th- the, the, the that team, Um, other players are learning off him, but within that, leaders are being created. You know, you see now Johnny Maloney is in the talisman category. You know, Peter Cunningham is in the same. Owen Carl is a leader. Anton is a leader. And all of a sudden now, with a constant feed of good under-20s coming through year after year and good minor um, teams starting to come through, all of a sudden you'd say awfully have a squad and, and are building something that they're at the right age profile to do because you look at that awfully team, there's not a big dirt of guys 32, 33 and over It's all that early 20s mixing with maybe a late 20s group as well. And and I I would think that if Offaly could stay up in this division and we got beyond COVID whenever that may be and we got a full league campaign with everyone available, that's when Offaly started to make strides. But even if we don't get that point, I'd still be reasonably happy uh, where the Offaly footballers are going into the Championship.
1: Yeah, and look, I think even if Offley lose at the weekend, as we said at the outset of the show, there's still a good chance that they're going to stay up, and that A point win in Carrigan Shannon is likely to have a big impact on that. Uh, just to reiterate, if you're just joining us via a timestamp, because Leitrim handed a concession to Down last weekend, overall scoring difference will not be taken into account if Leitrim were to beat Tipperary and if Offley were to lose to Derry, as would normally happen. Uh, because in the event of a concession, you can't use overall scoring difference for the entire league. But the GA back in June had a feeling this could well happen with COVID-19, that games would be conceded. And what they did was they put a small amendment into the standings rule within the league structure. And that means what will happen is a mini table will be created between the results between Offley, Tipperary and Leitrim. And as things stand, even if Tipperary were to lose by I think up to about eight points, I think, is the difference this coming weekend. Offley and Tipperary would still have the best scoring difference in that mini table. So Offley should still be fine. But one point takes away any discussion or need for calculators at the weekend. I think I'm with you on this one, Joe. I think it's a case of maybe some players just finding the right position within a system, but it's not far off. I get the feeling that John Mon's Mann, John intention is still to use Noel McNamee as an impact player from the bench. Uh, I wonder will Anton Sullivan come in to start this weekend after he got through a lot of work on Sunday against Tipperary and was a good ball carrier uh, for quite a bit of that game. And then I wonder will Peter Cunningham come slightly further out the field. I just prefer, and it's a personal preference, when Peter Cunningham uh, can get his head up and he's got an area to run into and he can influence the game a bit more towards a central position on the field and I think some other players are almost nailed on starters now like Shane Horn and uh, Carl Mangan adds that little bit of physicality from the half forward line where he can also drop back into midfield at times too and as you mentioned they've now got wing backs who are adept midfielders really at club level and who can bomb on up the field in yeah. theory if this all clicks for offley at some point they actually have quite a versatile team that can move around into different positions but I think uh, maybe it might be an idea to put Peter Cunningham a bit further back. But it's difficult, again, as we'll say, with the form of all these teams. There were lads who weren't available during the league, who then showed at club level, and we haven't seen how players have been going in training. And it's very easy for any of us to stand down with a piece of paper and go, that's the 15 players that I put onto the field. It's John Mohan and his backroom team who've been watching them in training for the last three weeks and they're seeing things that we can't see uh, we'll get a bit of reaction from the game then this is what former Offaly forward John Reynolds had to say to Brian Gavin after the game on Sunday just gone by
0: the home team Tipperary who have beaten Offaly on a scoreline of 116 to 16 pints and John Reynolds on the balance of play one would have to say the best team won here today
4: yeah certainly the last 20 minutes Tipperary used all their experience held the ball well got a 4 or 5 breakaway scores Offaly are kind of a little bit short of ideas coming near the last 20 minutes of the game probably a lot of players out there today are not getting on and off of the ball. Anton Sullivan, in fairness come on and tried to get, uh, try to break through the defence as much as possible. Nine McBerry come on and got a nice mark, but um, in and play, I agree with that Brian, that Tipperary are a far better team.
0: I suppose we go down through the awfully uh, scores and, and in fairness to some of the awfully players that tried their hardest out there. We Like Rory McNamee, I thought, had a fine game. Uh, scores coming from Bernard Allen got in a couple of nice goals, Owen Carroll got up, Anton Sullivan got one, Cahill Mangan a lovely score... Keen Farrell had four wides, but he got three or four points from freeze And one would say Offaly oh, will probably improve from this game. While they might be disappointed and their heads might be down, uh, I think again Derry next week in Tullamore will be a big chance for this team to prove that they're probably not as. Uh, mistake-ridden as the war today in patches of the game, but one has to say Tipperary were a better team, Conor Sweeney with 1-5, Michael living early on with 3 pints, they lost their ex- excellent midfielder Stephen O'Brien which gave Offaly a lifeline, they also lost Philip Austin to injury as well, but Jack Kennedy was very impressive, also Kevin Maher the centre-back and midfielder Liam Casey with 2 pints, so it's ended here in Semple Stadium and Turles, the home side have moved on to 5 pints along with Offaly Leitrim and 3, Louder already relegated so it's still all to play for in the National Football League but I think uh, looking at today's game and looking at Leitrim again awfully before I think Tipperary will win that last game but Awfully will probably need a pint again Derry at least just to be on the safe side so a little bit of pressure going to O'Connor Park next week but it's ended here in Semple Stadium in Turles as sleeve Naman comes out over the PA system to just the players and the few of us that's here it's ended Tipperary
1: one sixteen Awfully 16 pints and we can also hear now from the Offaly football manager John Mohan who spoke to Brian Gavin after their one goal defeat against Tipperary. John
0: Mohan, uh, disappointing day at the office after. Uh, Offaly had plenty of chances probably to win that game and a
7: uh, little bit disappointed, I'd say. I am. I, I, I am. I felt, uh, I, you know, right throughout the entire game, Brian, I felt uh, we were capable of winning it. Um, you know, we, we could give up um, a lot of scores in the first half. We missed a, I think with seven wise and our kick-out strategy wasn't working. There uh, were a lot of big men, a lot of guys, a lot of experience and expertise and know-how. But when we brought it back to a single point there when we had a numerical advantage with about 15 minutes to go uh, or even 20 minutes to go. We had to certainly a couple of turnovers and we were a little bit slicker with our final pass. Those basic fundamentals that it's on, uh, yeah, and we had a couple of kicks back down there as well. And I just felt, you know... It was one of those days we weren't going to win it but at the same time we could have won it. Were we a li- just a little bit rusty I thought. We thought in the commentary them turnovers where we were on goal we should have gotten a goal or a pint at times. Just a little bit rusty maybe. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, look at you you'll always look for reasons why. Um, yeah, we could have been a bit slicker, Brian. Um, no, there was a lot of positives. I mean, that was a big shift in, in in warm conditions, beautiful conditions down here in Simpson Stadium and uh, They put in a big, big shift. Now, whether we have a game next week or not, who knows? Um, But I expect we will because... uh if Leitrim uh, be Tipperary and we lost to Derry we'd all be on five points and uh, scoring difference and all that kind of stuff comes into it nonetheless it is it is what it is but we're disappointed we didn't win, win here Brian to be quite honest with you um, and we had, we had problems here in the first half we had tried to address it at half time we, we conceded midfield in the first half we were struggling in that uh, department and uh, it's an area that we just, just got to be a bit better uh, particularly around the middle third
0: we were throwing a bit of a lifeline Stephen O'Brien who who was clean enough for Tipperary he's a some footballer mm. he got him had to go off, and then we sort of came into it a bit. But we conceded a penalty, and uh, we could have conceded another goal. So between midfield and conceding that penalty, probably cost us.
7: Yeah, and, and, and it probably did. Look at and, and look at we missed opportunities as well. And uh, look at there's, there's, there's aspects of the game we've definitely got to tidy up before next Sunday, and obviously before the college ch- game, the championship, assuming it goes ahead. So there, we we certainly things to tidy up on. And uh, look, at it is what it is. Uh, um, and And uh, But so what can we do just talk to us on the panel we we
0: were just talking during the week on on Midlands 103 and different channels Offaly's panel seems to be a good bit stronger and you've found a good few players at the club that you were looking at I'd say and you've put in a huge effort looking at all the club games in fairness to you coming up and looking at them you've found a nice few players
7: I think there's there's definitely a good future for Offaly football there's a lot of young talent coming through um, and some of them not quite ready uh, just yet and uh, there are some of them not here today, we were restricted to bring in a certain number here today so we have eight or nine lads still at home uh, hopefully working hard but uh, I, I certainly see a bright future for Offaly um, football and uh, it's great to see um, it was a wonderful club championship, incidentally. I have to say, it was thoroughly enjoyable. In every game I went up to see, I came home excited with the, um And particularly, the two uh, senior semi-finals were fantastic, and the drama and the excitement of, of those games. But yeah, there was a lot of passion on display, a lot of good commitment, and a lot of talent around the around the county. So um, yeah, it's great. I, I must admit, and, and uh, great to see the underage hurlers doing uh, putting in a big performance yesterday. I was excited when I, I know, read that at home in casabar to see the uh, the minors beating Lee. So. Look at um, Offaly football and hurling, we all want to see it do better and please God it will. But as I say, I, I'm, I'm delighted with the response we're getting from everyone. The commitment is, is, is enormous and there's nobody shirking the responsibility Been putting their shoulders to the wheel at every level. so. Hopefully things will improve.
0: Final couple of questions. With a couple of injuries, Keen Johnson is carrying it and David Dempsey, who's having a fantastic campaign in the last couple of years for Offaly. They were big losses today.
7: Yeah, I mean, uh, Keane Johnson, I think, uh, played his um, club championship um, semi-final with an injection and uh, he's suffering as a consequence of that now. He's uh, certainly not a long way from, uh, from being match fit and uh, it'll be a struggle for him to get him up to um, a championship fitness in, in two weeks' time. And uh, uh, David Dempsey, unfortunately, um, presented with a, a quad injury and that manifested itself with, uh, um, from him, I think, a bit of gastroenteritis. He ended up in hospital. Yeah, I mean, David is a wonderful lad, and as is Cian, another bright prospect. And uh, I wish, well, particularly uh, David Dempsey, who had been hospitalised, I wish him uh, well. I know he's probably watching in today. So please God, we'll have him back in, cont- in contention, maybe not for next weekend, but hopefully for the week after. And likewise with Cian... And um, as I say there are others at home, Kahel Dunhu like I mean who will certainly have a bright future and, and others I mean that uh, and that's as I say I'm looking forward to hopefully getting a chance to work with those guys. But uh obviously football will get stronger down the, the next year or two, please go on. Final question. Strange
0: times, strange to be on a National Football yeah. League game. Only a few of us here covering it and yourselves ahead. Mm. Um difficult couple of weeks ahead, but I think for mental uh, people, everyone, just to see a game, go to a game, listen to it on the radio, whatever. I think it's vital we try and keep it going the next few weeks, no matter what anyone says.
7: Yeah, there's a. You look at I, I'm every time I drive up from Casa Bar, I, I'm kind of looking over my shoulder, wondering, well, and I was just talking to Joe Hayes here from um, Tipperary, likewise with them down here. You just don't know, is it going, the whole thing going to be pulled? Now we're waiting for Monday to see what the Cabinet will do. Look, it's very, very strange in certain times. Yes, there is an argument to be made. That games being live streamed in people's homes and listening to it, and uh, for for the mental well-being of the the population and those that are interested in G- are Gaelic games, there's a there's a lot of joy and happiness when you see your your colours, your county colours uh, out here today. If those people that were watching, but I mean. And on the flip side is of that, you have a lot of people then who say are a bit of frustrated and annoyed to see the likes of us being able to go off to games and enjoy themselves. And I heard, obviously, we all heard the chairman of, of the Leitrim County Board uh, speaking uh, um, on our national uh, TV about the issues that they have and the fact that he had four teams leaving the county of Leitrim to play in different parts of the country and he couldn't go and visit his next door neighbour or his elderly mother. So it's that conflict that's causing um, a problem. We're delighted. I'm, I, I mean, I'm being a little bit selfish. I love coming to football. This is, my, this is something I love dearly, like you do, Brian. And we're looking and privileged, and long may it continue. At the same time, I got to recognise there are others then that might be unwell or conscious of bringing COVID into their homes. And we're very, very, uh, fact, we're very diligent here. We're very disciplined in what we're doing as regards social distancing and mask wearing and all of that. It's just, and you keep your fingers crossed that nobody that's involved in our circle, in our bubble, will... Uh, pick it up initially and maybe bring it home that's always a concern
0: but it's been run fantastic like even us commentators giving your email address during the week you ask the questionnaire coming in same with you you're training no
7: dressing rooms you know it, it's been fantastic the way it's been run look there's no, there's no question about that you're a little bit concerned that you see, I, the lads that I've left at home they're training with us couldn't come to the game today you'd love them to come down and learn and see exactly what, what we're trying to do here I'm talking about the other so that's a bit an unfortunate thing but as regards the organisation and the coordination of everything in that regard it's been brilliantly well managed i have to say and arriving here today your your name is on a list everything is checked and cross-checked and all that kind of stuff and sanitization all of that is being managed brilliantly well we just hope that it, it continues that way and that uh as i say let's try and eradicate and knock this thing on the head but it's going to be extremely difficult i just sense that we're going to have a long long winter
0: Final, final question, even though I said it already. Derry and then Carlo. So two big games coming up
7: with the help of God, everything going well. Yeah, two great games to look forward to. Like, I mean, that's what it's all about. We love the excitement, the anticipation and the nervous energy that's generated when you're looking forward to uh, games. And our boys, I spoke to them briefly after the game, of course they're disappointed. I'm disappointed for them and disappointed myself that we didn't win it. But uh, the thing, the beauty about it is they have an opportunity within six, seven days to get back out and address some of the issues that might be concerned there today. I hope we get weather as good as we have today. I don't think we're guaranteed the forecast is not so great uh, during the week at least. But uh, it'd be nice to go back into O'Connor Park and get a a, a victory over Derry ahead of our Championship game, which is at home to Cairo the following week. Something to look forward to.
1: So, huge game for the Offaly footballers this coming weekend. You can stream it on GA Go, €5, if you want to buy a stream to watch the video. It's also live on Midlands 103 this coming weekend, Offaly against Derry. In terms of GA Go, Joe, I'll admit uh, I cheated on you slightly on Saturday. I didn't watch the Offaly Minor Hurlers against Leash because I was in work and I paid my €5 to get Leash against Westmeath because I knew we'd have to talk about it on the radio on Sunday. And so I watched that game and I was joined in the frustration of some people who were watching games at the weekend, uh, both off Lee against Tipperary, where the quality of the stream dipping was the bigger issue on that one, uh, but there was definitely a bandwidth issue on Saturday with the football between Leash and Westmead. Everyone got a refund uh, because of what happened, but at times the ball was teleporting, uh, where a Westmead defender would pick up the ball, next thing John Heslin has it in the Westmead attack next thing the Westmead goalkeeper has it again so it was kind of going forwards and backwards and loop back on itself a couple of times uh, but in credit to GA Go they've offered refunds and the point I'd make on this one Joe is that GA Go are in a very awkward position here where they're taking in feeds from TG Car and from RTE they're then showing streams for games where they don't have their own cameras and aren't in control of the footage that they're receiving and bouncing back out and one of the real benefits of them actually filming these games at the weekend, which normally wouldn't have been filmed, is that I would be getting frustrated usually at League Sunday that the two games that were on the TV would take up all of the show and all that we get to see is maybe the Dublin-Meath game from Saturday night and I'll have to re-watch Mayo and Galway, which is on the TV on Sunday. But we actually got a match of the day style program because GA Go were out live streaming the rest of the games. I've never seen such a depth of coverage on a Sunday game style program before.
2: No, and it's great. And because there's such a, an appetite uh, for these games to be played and, and seen that people would take a two, to, to take a three-hour show if they could. But, you know, I did see a bit of people um tweeting today about, you know, how much coverage there was. And, and it's nearly so strange to see it because, you know, we're so used to doing the roundup and you have your two feature games that are on the same day then. You know, now we go to, you know, Leitrim and Fermanagh and you get 90 seconds and you get, maybe at the end of the show, you might get... You know, awfully in of Tipperary or, or Westmead and Leash, and it's just ran through with a quick um, a roundup as opposed to any commentary. So yeah, look, it's definitely been a year of the streaming, you know, and it's gone from level to level to level, uh, be it you know club streams, uh, intercounty streams, and it's going to be the way forward because we are going to need it. Um, you know, you'll always have your terrestrial radio there, which is handy with the app. You can hear it on the go, um, because if you have if you're not in a position to sit down and watch it, and you're on the go. You no, know, radio is always there around you. You can always hear it, which is brilliant. But, um, no, definitely, look, uh, people have upped their games and, and they've invested quite heavily in it. And, you know, it, it's a shame that there is some streaming issues that sometimes is out of people's control, Um, you know, with modern technology. But it, hopefully they'll get to rectify their problems ahead of next weekend.
1: Yeah, and look, this is difficult for everyone. Like, these companies are being put in place with uh, oftentimes localised streaming services to try and get everything in place for the start of the leagues coming back and for the championship and everyone's kind of learning on their feet. And I understand that you pay your €5 euro and you're a paying customer at that point and all you want to see is your county. But for the best part, uh, these services are trying their best to get things rectified as quickly as they possibly can and things do go wrong from time to time. But if you want to watch Derry against Offaly, that is available on GA Go for a fiver uh, this coming Sunday afternoon or you can listen on Midlands 103 or midlands103.com even if you want to listen online. Uh, Joe, a few other things to pick up on. this uh, Disappointing, I guess it would be that Offaly had to hand a walkover uh, to Cork on the weekend just combined the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship. Our understanding and the statement which Offaly Camogie put out on Tuesday evening was that a member of their management team has been affected by COVID-19 and a number of their players were close contacts to COVID-19 cases uh, which slashed their numbers down ahead of the game against Cork and they had a walkover. But realistically, even though they were unlikely to beat Cork this is a bad way to start the championship. They've got difficult games coming up. They're a way to go with the All-Ireland champions in two weekends' time. And then they've got a game against Wexford at the end of it, uh, probably to see who doesn't finish bottom of the group. At this stage, we already know that Offaly aren't qualifying for the knockout stages of the championship, and that's without a ball even been poked.
2: Yeah, and look, I know I know the line you know, with the COVID is, is hard um, on any squad, you know, and we're going to see it. You we know, had senior hurling intercounty county Camogie Football, but it's vitally important that they can pick themselves back up and, and fulfil the fixtures and perform in those fixtures because you know, it would be a shame just to write off the year and, and to go you know back down to a level um, below them because you didn't work so hard for, for the guts of 15, 20 years to get up to that level to maybe relinquish your status off the field. So I'd hope that there's um, full help back to that panel because there would be a hard-working, honest um, and talented panel. obviously it's a hard championship to be in, you know, but I would think that there's a lot of pride in that group of girls in there and look, it's a pity that they couldn't feel. I suppose the playing pool as such is, is small enough um, in terms of what's available for senior Inter-County Camogie and, you know, maybe it could have went and got maybe eight or ten girls uh, from the clubs to go and, and fulfil the fixture, but does it make it right? Does it make it easy to go down to Cork um, with a team maybe of, with some girls that have never played Inter-County before and, and maybe be hockeyed and, that would pretty set their confidence back um, a, long, a long way. But it's disappointing that, that, that they couldn't feel. But, you know, understandably, if there's COVID issues, they have to take precedence. You just hope that they can get um, a full-strength panel back or close to it um, and go for it. You know, they have nothing to lose. It is it is a hard championship. We see it with Wexford Camogis uh, last year. They couldn't feel. But they came. They participated. They got hockeyed in, in most games. But... No, I I do think there'll be a lot of pride in that athlete uh, panel, particularly in the girls that are there a long time. And all you can all you can hope is that whoever were close contacts that the tests came back um, negative. I, I you know I think there might have been a positive case or two in terms of the management uh, side of things in their close contacts. So look, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we hope the supporters that they can get a clean bill of health and go perform. But definitely, you don't want to relinquish your status off the field and you know let them go down fighting anyway.
1: Yeah, look, Touchwood Again, there's been a bit of time since those tests were conducted at the tail end of last week and then they don't have a game this coming weekend. So in theory, even those who may well have been isolating for a while would at least be able to train a bit before playing Galway. That is a very difficult fixture in the second game. Really, it's the Wexford game as we go towards the end of this month that's going to make the difference in terms of whether they're going to stay up or not. And uh, we shall see what happens. But disappointing that they weren't able to field on the weekend just gone by. Uh, The junior team did field. Now, you might think, how can they get 15, 20 players for that? Well, you'd be talking about regrading. If players were to go and play with the senior team, say, to fill a gap, those players who are currently on the junior panel for the Premier Junior would then be ineligible to play for the rest of the year. And it would have a knock-on effect if that was to happen. Uh, But they played quite well against Clare. In the end, though, the banner winning out by three goals and 14 points to one goal and 12. now some of the senior camogie panel are involved with the Offley senior ladies footballers at this stage too uh, the Offley team are getting ready to play in the tg car all ireland intermediate ladies football championship their campaign will kick off on the halloween weekend they've got wexford and roscommon in their group and a little bit earlier today i had the chance to speak to two tullamore siblings including captain on the team who's annie kyo her sister Katie, the former Offaly Rose from two years ago and I spoke to both to find out how their preparations are going ahead of taking on the models in a couple of weeks time. Well we're looking forward to the start of the TG Cahar All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship. It will get underway in two weekends time. Offaly are going to be in action in a group in the Intermediate Championship which also contains Wexford and Roscommon. The entire championship was redrawn in August, I think understandably after the pandemic. So we've got condensed groups which are going to go directly then into group winners to quarterfinals. We'll have semifinals and we'll the finals everything is going to be played off very quickly in a seven week period so to look forward to this uh, we're joined by a couple of siblings from the team we've got Katie and Annie Kyo. who've joined us to look forward uh, ladies good afternoon to you good afternoon,
8: good afternoon Will how are you
1: well Annie given you're a captain we'll give you the first question in terms of how preparations are going we're getting ready for a Halloween weekend when you'll finally get out to play inter-county again after what must feel like a mammoth break at this stage since the National Football League you were just over halfway through that campaign Things were pretty positive on beaten in the first four games and, and the pandemic just brings everything to a halt.
9: Yeah, well, like we were having such a good run at the the league. Like it does right now, it feels like last season almost because it was so long ago. But um yeah, we were unbeaten. We we had um only two games to go in the league. Um and you know, we were we were ready for them really. Um and we, we were ready to get back up into division three because obviously we were relegated last year. Um, but obviously that was put on hold for this year. Um and we had a six six months break, I think, and um, we were six months apart as a team. Um, so we were kind of happy to get back. Then, um, when we were finished with the club, obviously, um, to get back as a team because it's a long time to be apart. Um, especially when you're you're going hell for leather at the start of the year and then things just suddenly stop. Um, we did kind of keep together during the pandemic. Um. We did a lot of individual work, I think more so than group work. We did a few kind of Zoom calls together as a team, but it it was very hard. Like back in March, we didn't even know if we were going to come back to a season. Um, And then even again late in the summer, we were like, will will we ever get back? Um, So I suppose we did quite well as a team um, to keep fit, I think, through, through the pandemic. And we kind of kept tabs on each other. Um, and then I think it was great now to get back into club before we were back with county obviously because it kind of gave us a bit of a chance to get our fitness back up for county because it's a step up so we're just back um a few weeks now I think we're four weeks or three weeks back with um, going into our fifth week going into our fifth week yeah so you know we went straight back into it like we, we came back on the 23rd um straight back into training and we had um we had good numbers, and it's it's great to see we've we've had a few um, additions to the team as well, um, and we've had four challenge games, and um, so they're great to have under a belt now. Coming into to Wexford, because you know Wexford they're they're a very strong team, um, so it's it's not going to be an easy one. But okay. I think we're we're excited for it. Um, you know, we we've put in the work um, the last few weeks, and you know the the year that's in it as well. It will be great to to have a win against Wexford and hopefully we'll go at it again then in a couple more weeks against Roscommon and we'll give it our best Yeah
1: because we've had so many kind of twists and turns this year you know at the end of the league, we were kind of preparing ourselves in the first part of the lockdown. We didn't know how long that was going to be. And then there was speculation about where the league would be continued or not continued. And then we were wondering, would Championship start as planned in July? Then that didn't happen. Then just as it was redrawn, Offly goes back into a localised lockdown again. And you know, there's more doubt about the championship. And even in recent weeks with the soaring case numbers, again, we've been talking about doubts about it happening. I would imagine as players, like you'd just be thankful to get going and to get those couple of games played now.
9: That's just it. Like there, there has been so much uncertainty about it. Um, like you said, the, even the localised lockdown that we had, um, we were supposed to be back with County the week before we were actually back with them. Obviously, it was pushed back. And then it's just, it's, it's very hard to focus as a player when there is so much uncertainty, I think. Um, do you know, like even with today's announcement, we're not sure what's going to be announced or if we'll have a game in, in two weeks' time. But I suppose part of being on a county setup it's just having that focus and just trying to you know keep your mind on what could be and stay focused and and you know what we've trained hard so i think we're all ready to play and i think if we just keep ourselves um ready to go and like if we're, if we're given the green flag we'll just go ahead and play but you're right it is it's very difficult to to keep that focus
1: yeah, because Katie, there was a bit of like there was the men's GPA poll which came out last week, and you know, fifty-two percent said they were happy enough to go forward. You know, about a quarter had some reservations about some health sides to it, and around a quarter felt that the championship shouldn't go ahead. It's kind of a difficult one. It's a very individual thought in terms of what happens. But is it a bit of a distraction and a welcome one? You know, given everything that's happening in the world at the moment, that you have the structure of training and you have games to plan and to look forward to next month.
8: Definitely, yeah. I think those figures were similar with the WGPA as well. I think we're all in the same boat. Um, there is worry there um, at times, like when we're sitting at home and thinking what lockdown could come next and what restrictions be in place and think it's a mad thing we could be still training and playing. Then you get to the field and you forget about all that and it's a great chance during the week to forget about you know uh, restrictions or anything like that and just play a bit of football and it's a very, very welcome distraction. I think we're lucky as players to have that because I know a lot of other people, even just club players, with their seasons being cut short um, for the time being anyway. And, you know, I, I do think, yeah, we're, we're blessed to be able to keep training and playing um, and to to have that structure. yeah.
1: yeah. I was chatting to the West Meek manager, Johnny Greville, on the radio last weekend, and he was quite sceptical for the two weeks before the games actually got underway. But he said he was kind of his fears were eased a little bit when they actually got out and played at the weekend. He said it was unusual that they had to go on little pods of cars and everything had to be done by the book and masks were being used going into the ground and everything else and a lot of hand sanitising going on and, and no dressing rooms and all that's kind of an adjustment. But his feeling was that everyone has taken this very seriously. Has that been the case within the Offaly Ladies football panel too?
8: Yeah, I think it took us a few weeks to kind of to get used to it. Um, because obviously with club we'd no access to dressing rooms and we were used to coming just say kitted out and you'd leave straight after it, that kind of thing. And then we were thrown back into county where we had access to dressing rooms and um, you know, protocols were slightly different. And then I think as 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 he would have said about the games then, I mean, we went to play a challenge game yesterday and yeah it felt very very comfortable we all wore masks if we traveled with anyone else if we had to most people traveled individually um, you wear a mask going in just might spend just a few minutes changing the jerseys or something but minimum amount of time inside um, and then we're out I mean it was strange the team management have chosen that subs and anyone on the sideline will wear masks as well which you know that kind of I suppose that was a strange addition yesterday but other than that, um, yeah, I think it took a bit of getting used to, but you definitely feel more comfortable, and you'd be surprised at how normal then it feels when when you're just out playing, you know. Yeah,
1: and I guess Katie, these are the things you have to do to make sure everything keeps going too.
8: Oh, definitely. Like we understand that the restrictions are in place. As I said, we're blessed to be able to play, and we're not gonna, you know, try throw that away by um, ignoring restrictions and things like that. And you know, we'd be stupid to to say like to not not to be careful so yeah i think we're doing all we can um to, to keep safe ourselves and everyone on the team because i think everyone maybe in the last few weeks has experienced how easily you can become a close contact and you know the the what, what would you say the i don't know that and when you're isolating and that kind of thing hmm. um, yeah
1: well we even saw that yeah, with the republic of ireland even with the Republic of mm. Ireland team last week going to Slovakia, you yeah. know, it just goes to show if you sit too close to somebody, you can become a close contact and then next thing yeah, you're exactly. in f- 14 days of self-isolation. Which, when it comes mm. to these fixtures, Annie, you know, having to sit out for 14 days could have a profound effect when there's only a couple of weeks between the games.
9: That's just it. I think that's part of we're being extremely careful as as a team. Um, like like Kate said, we're travelling individually to trainings. Um, I think there's a, a few people that kind of have to share lifts um, but like that, wearing masks. I think it's just it's just not worth it. Um, you know, because you can become a close contact so easily. Um, and like you said, like the short two weeks. Um, if you, if that happened right before the Ross Common game, do you know, you'd be out for the Ross Common game. You'd be out for the next one. Do you know, so you ha- we have to be very careful um, as a club. There, there's no room really for error because it's such a short season.
1: And, Annie, when it comes to this team, look, it's been a bit of a rebuild compared to, say, the team of 2013. Now, I know some of the players in 2013 are still around, including Lorraine Keena, who's rejoined the panel. I'd imagine getting Lorraine, and I was chatting to Gronny Egan a few weeks ago ahead of the Camogie final, and she was involved with yourselves and Tullamore with the senior ladies football final too. Uh, Getting players in who are, like, you know, physical conditioned, multiple-year county athletes, it must be a big help to get them in on the EVA championship with you too.
9: Ah, uh, definitely. Like, um, I myself actually I'm I have I wasn't around in two thousand and thirteen, so I'm only with County actually a few years. But um, you know, it's it has been great. Like um we have we've lost a couple of girls now since the start of the season um for the league. But yeah, the likes of Lorraine, like it's great to have her back. Um, so when you're going out to play teams like um Wexford and Roscommon, they're you you know, you need the experience and I think girls that have played intercounty for a few years just bring something that you know, even if you've been playing years for a club, you know, intercounty is a step up and, you know, you need smart players. Um and it's just great to have her back. And the likes of um Ellie McAvoy has come back as well. Um, you know, so it's it's great it's great to have them on the team, quite, yeah. yeah.
1: Because even in the last few years chatting to John Ryan and chatting to Gary Daly since, you know, the feeling was it was a young group of players who are coming through and kind of the more experience you can get will obviously help you out along the way while you're trying to, you know, blood players with two or three years of experience into a senior county team.
9: Yeah, we, we are a very young team. Um, like I'm, I'm 25 and I'm, I'm one of the oldest on the team. Um, and we do, we have um, quite a lot of young girls playing with us. We have a few minors on the panel as well. Um, but no, it's it's great to see like at the challenge game there um two weeks ago we had, I think twenty twenty-eight, was it? There. Um, you know, so it's it's great to be kind of getting numbers in and to have a few um older girls as well. Um it just it's just it's it's kind of it's a stepping stone for Offaly, I think, as a county as well, as a as a team, because I know we've we've struggled for a a lot of years. Um I think after winning the in two thousand thirteen, after winning the junior um, I think the county was on a high for, for a couple of years of that but it kind of, you know, like that, it fazzles out a little bit um, and it was kind of hard to get players in um, but, you know, it's, it's good now and hopefully we'll, you know, up from here I think, hopefully.
1: Yeah, Katie, when it comes to your club with Tullamore, kind of upward curve in the last few years too, because I was just thinking back a few weeks ago when I was chatting to Amy Gavin Mangan that Tullamore were in the intermediate final of the day they won their first of this uh, run of six that they're on. Tullamore then went back down, had to come back up from the intermediate in 2018. But you've been to back-to-back finals, albeit losing out to Naive Kiron. Uh, but now you're kind of establishing yourselves as senior county team and senior county finalists over the last couple of years
8: yeah definitely God, the club the club's come a long way in the last few years, considering we were in the junior final two years in a row, lost one won the next, then straight to intermediate final uh we won the first year got to the second year um and then straight first year up senior we made it to the final. And I think it shows um you know the the ability in the panel it was just we we're obviously missing something there, and then great, ma- great trainers managers came along and they just brought us along as a team so yeah I you know obviously unlucky in the last two years in the final, but you know at the same time to be up there and to' we're only this was our only second year up senior as well so I suppose it takes a team a, a while to build um but it really it's really enjoyable and I do think um the team and the players have come on so much um it's it's really standing to us.
1: Yeah, and I suppose despite being a big town, there's a lot of different uh, sporting bodies which are drawing upon the talented women around the town too. Like, you know, rugby has really uh, exploded in the last five, five, six years or so. You're going to veil to Hughes, hopefully playing next week in the uh, rugby for Ireland. And at the same time, there's other sports like, you know, hockey, soccer, which are quite big in the town too. Uh, people kind of assume that Tullamore should be dominant yeah. almost in Camogie and ladies football, but it's never quite as simple as that.
8: No, I have this argument with a with a lot of people, and they say Shetlandmore has the pick of thousands, tens of thousands, and I, you know, and I say that that's it's where you're wrong because right, most clubs or parishes will have the one sport; it'll be football or it'll be camogie. Um, whereas we have the boat and as you said, rugby's become so big. Soccer's always been big, and um, basketball, hockey, mm. like it's you know it it's not an excuse. These clubs have gotten bigger within the town, and so. Girls don't just have football now to choose, they have a selection of sports to choose from. Um and then of course, you, you know, you teams just outside the town. We're not actually it's right at a town, which you've Shamrocks or Killey, uh just outside the town and town boundaries. So yeah, we always we've always struggled with numbers. I mean, at the minute, like I, I manage our under sixteens and minors and we'd be lucky to have a team on any given day we call up the under 14s to play minor that kind of crack Um, which people are they're, they're often astonished by considering we're a town but that is that's the reality of it i suppose
1: that's a very young age to be getting involved in training a team
8: <laughs> oh yeah maybe i shouldn't have said that
1: but, <laughs> <laughs> but do you get do you get an enjoyment from that i mean like obviously you're playing away yourself but at the same time i guess you want to give something back to your club
8: Definitely, yeah, and I think we've always we've always um, been involved in the club in whatever way we can, because like that, we know what it takes to, to train a team, and we've been very grateful to all the trainers who've trained us throughout the years. They've had to put up with three of us in the club, <laughs> um, our younger sister as well, so I suppose we better give something back. But it is enjoyable, and definitely. You get um, great reward from it, from training teams. It's, not, it's, it's hard at times because you are training yourself, and I've often found... You know, I'd be missing their games because I have a match of my own, um, and you feel bad maybe not being able to put in a hundred percent all the time. But definitely, yeah, rewarding um, when when we're able to do it.
1: And how do you find that having your siblings involved in panels alongside you too? Um, do you get on quite well, or was there always kind of a rivalry in those? We get on quite
9: well, yeah. actually. I think yeah, we, we <laughs> kind of we kind of push each other on, really um there hasn't really ever been that kind of competition really between us um I think we've just been playing together for years so you know I think it's it's just I don't know yeah we don't, we don't yeah uh,
8: we? no <laughs> not too often not in front of anyone else anyway yeah we might give
9: out to each other sometimes you know if if you know someone didn't do something during a match or you know if we did something bad at training they might give out to them like but not, yeah, not, not to a bad extent, really.
1: No, fault you know, it's yet. good
9: to put each other on, you know, yeah.
1: <laughs> Annie, when it comes to Tullamore and trying to catch Nate Kieron, it's not an easy thing to do, you know, given they were All-Ireland Club Intermediate Champions last year, given they've dominated the county for the last decade almost now at this point. And like yourselves, they're a very young panel. They probably have plenty more time left in them. But I guess that gives you a bar within the county to try and chase to, is to try and stop them at some point.
9: Yeah, that's just it. Um, like Kate said, this is only our this was only our second year up senior. Um and I suppose Nave Kieran, they've always been kind of the team that have like you said, they've dominated really the county. Um, even, you know, I, I remember underage level, um, I mean like for Ban and that, like they're always the the clubs to beat. Um, so yeah, like you said, it is it does give us something to work towards. Um, you know, we've been we've met them in the county final the last two years. Um by no means have we ever given up or are we stopping um we know that this year you know it was a lot of our own mistakes um that stopped us from from pushing on you know we we it was us that didn't step up um and in, in at the end of the match you know we didn't put in the work that we needed to do um so I, I do believe we have it in us we definitely do um it's just a matter of of finding that in us and like like you said they've been playing together for years and um, they have a lot of experience under their belt Um, they went they're, they're all Ireland champions they won the All Ireland last year and we did we bet, bet them in the league last year and I think that in that we know ourselves that we can beat them and it's just a matter of of going out next year and and just giving it giving it another year really.
1: And sometimes it just takes that belief of getting one or two results to show that a team aren't invincible and they can be beaten.
9: That's just it, yeah. And we're actually we're quite new to winning, really, as a club. Um, you know, like for years we struggled, and yeah. like it is, we're not we're not a, a confident team. I don't think we, we we don't have a lot of belief in ourselves. I think we have got better, um, in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, it is it is about just believing in yourself and pushing on, and just having that last bit in you i think and believing in yourself so i think yeah we, we just need to find that maybe by next year
1: <laughs> yeah well, Grown egan was saying to me too and i don't know whether she was lying or telling the truth about this but we'll assume she was entirely true about it uh, she was saying <laughs> that one of the things she found was that she had no real interest in ladies football because the part of the county she'd come from it was never really a sport she would have played and uh, then had to teach a bit of it in school as part of p then got interested And then was welcomed into the club and it kind of went from there in terms of becoming part of your team. She was saying that's one of the things for her and a few other people that she's met through schools that have moved into the town. That actually ladies football has, you know, you welcome these people from outside in and they've kind of been boosting your ranks over the last few years too.
8: Definitely. Yeah,
9: definitely. Like we have, um, we have the few girls actually that have come from, we have from Kerry, from Mayo, Mayo. It's like so. like, they're, they're, like um, we never we never turn away anyone you know it's not like we are we're a very close team but um all those girls that have been with us um a couple of years now like this is it's actually hard to think that they weren't there from the very beginning you know that's how close we become as a team and I think we're just very open really as as a team and and we're quite a friendly team and we just welcome anyone that wants to play football Mm. You know, it does it doesn't matter if they're if they're any good or not, if if they want to be there and they and they put in the work,
8: they are good. But <laughs> you know, they are obviously are
9: good. But what I mean is like it doesn't you know, we, we all play together as a team, we bring each other on. I think, you know, we're quite good in that way that um there's no one above anyone else. You know, no it doesn't matter if anyone goes out there and shouts at you, you know, we're not gonna give out to each other, we're quite close as a team and like that. It is, it's great to have girls from coming out outside the county to play for us. It's a great privilege.
1: Annie, tell us about your own kind of passion for playing ladies football for the county then. Because I think it was kind of late April, early May, start of lockdown. You did an interview with, I think, Declan Rooney, which ended up going all over the place. It well, was on all yeah. the national sites and it was on Sky Sports <laughs> and so on. And, uh, you know, I think Malou was in the headline. That probably draw... A lot of people didn't actually read it in the first place. Yeah. But uh, the thing that kind of caught it within the interview for me was that you were saying that you, know, you could have worked abroad, you could have looked to go that way, but you would have found it very hard to kind of leave ladies football behind. Um, in terms of just that passion, was that, you know, something that really came into your mind when you finished school and you're thinking, what am I going to do? Do you really want to keep playing ladies football?
9: Yeah, I, I've always played. Like, I've played football since I was eight, I think I started. Um, you know, what it's always been something... That I've loved doing um it's always been part of my life um it is a huge commitment um playing football because I don't like none of us we don't like half committing to something so I think when we when we play football we, we we've always committed to it um there's been a, a few years um where I have I've kind of gone abroad or where I was working in Cork where I haven't really I wasn't able to play football um be it with with the timings or whatnot but yeah, I suppose like there was opportunities or there was times um where I kind of thought to myself, you know, is it worth it? Is it is it worth putting um, you know, my job on the line just, just to stay home and play football? But I don't you know, it just the football always kinda of seemed to win a lot of the time. Um, it's just something that's always at the back of my mind. Um, I just love it so much, you know, I love going out there and Playing football, I think you know it's even better. I think I love playing, having Katie and there both on the panel as well. There's just something um, really uh, satisfying about it. um And yeah, I suppose the last year, I think I just um, like with because I'm actually not that um I'm not that long in intercounty football. I actually only started playing myself. Um, I did a bit of underage, but I only mm-hmm. started in um, intermediate in 2017. Um, So I'm only here a few years, Um, so I suppose this year in particular, um, I kind of had thought that maybe I might go abroad or I might go work in Dublin and I like that. It's hard to, even if I was working in Dublin, like it's impossible really to make trainings um, if you're commuting and, you know, the hours you might be working. So, um, yeah, I just, I I said I give it one more year, so it's quite unfortunate the way it worked out really that year that was in it but I don't regret it at all um, it, it, it has been a great year for club I really enjoyed it um, and with county as well it just, there's, it's just it's, it's quite a satisfying and um, proud thing to play for your county and I think I'm, I'm yeah I'm just happy to do it I think for, for as long as I can
1: so well the obvious solution to this because I know what it's like trying to get out of Dublin at 6 p.m and there's no way you're making know, yeah. for <laughs> half past seven and being togged unless you've got a rocket or a helicopter as opposed to a car uh, would be for someone to open up some kind of artisan eatery in the Midlands after the pandemic
9: yeah yeah I I have it's always been something that's been on my mind as well um so yeah leave it with me will, for another couple of years and I might I might solve my own problem <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, there you go. Well, when I was walking through uh, town in Tullamore earlier today, I noticed plenty of empty premises. So the possibility yeah. is there if someone will grant you money uh, to actually get that going. Uh, Katie, you're far from Google proof as well. Uh, I was reading your profile uh, when you were getting ready to go for the Rose competition back in 2018. And uh, what stood out again was your passion for sport came out uh, continually in the interview you did, I think, with the Offaly <laughs> Express at the time uh, when there was nominations for it. Uh, so obviously sport's been a massive part of your life all the way up along too.
8: Yeah, similar to Annie, I actually I probably started the year Annie did because I, I mum had told me that I wouldn't be left at home, so I'd say I was about six and I tagged along to tagged along to their trainings. Um and I suppose ever since, yeah, I've been involved with Camogie as well, um, and football with the club. Um since probably that age. And yeah, I think when, when it's a big party, especially GA, the nature of it, it's hard to get away from it then. It's a part of you and you don't drop it that easily. Um and I think when you make a pass school, and if you're really interested at that point, it's even harder to give up. I think you continue playing it um I've really enjoyed it uh, obviously I, I don't think we'd be playing if we didn't so mm. as Annie said um a lot of um yeah a lot of good things about playing for your county like you know, the pride and everything comes with it and my club especially now the last few years is great to see that even building so yeah it's, it is it's a passion mine I suppose I don't get away without people knowing that about me but
1: you picked yeah. an interesting year to become the awfully Rose too, like right on the back of Jenny Byrne having been the Rose of <laughs> yeah. the It's very difficult to actually <laughs> yeah. go out there and, you know, follow on from the winner from the previous year.
8: Yeah, it's, again, everyone says, you know, why didn't you leave it a year or two? But uh, to be honest, I did not think about that until, well, not that it was too late, but I didn't like I suppose I don't know, maybe others are the same that go for it. You don't think... When someone sends you an application in, in January or February, you don't think, I know maybe this is near that I'll go and win the Rose of because maybe I'll leave it till next year. You don't, you don't think about it. I certainly didn't think that I'd even make it as far as being off awfully rose, never mind to the Dome and winning it. So, no, that never actually, it never kind of occurred to me. Um, I was only happy to kind of go after Jenny. I suppose she was a great support to me through the year, so... No, like I, I won't. I wouldn't regret anything I did that year. To be honest, it was great, very, yeah. very enjoyable. Got a lot from it.
1: And it becomes an interesting scenario. Like you're playing there with another Rose uh, on the team. Yeah. You know, after Jenny's uh, switch from Westmead to Offley, so kind of an unusual dynamic happening there too.
8: Yeah. yeah, it was actually. It ended up then afterwards, and um, Jenny did. She she got the transfer to come and play with us again. So, and I wouldn't have known Jenny before. I would have met her through the Rose. So, it ended up us yeah being very close friends then.
1: Well, there you go. No competition inside the panel there. No competition <laughs> with your sisters and no competition with Jenny, you know, when you were both officially roses at that point. Um, Adi, when you look forward now to this campaign, is there kind of goals set in terms of what you want to achieve or does the horrible cliche come out there because the groups are as small as they are and because the championship is so tight as a schedule, it is literally a case of see how you get on the first game against Wexford and go from there
9: that's just it like obviously the 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 dream the hope is obviously to go out and win our our two group games um but yeah it's just it's it's just a matter of going out in two weeks time and given everything we've we've practiced on in training the last few weeks just giving it our all and um yeah just I I do think we've come on along a lot as a team you can even see in the last few weeks the trainings and stuff um we've put in a lot of work um I think uh, girls are hungry for it really um especially with all the uncertainty and everything that's gone on um you kind of want it more than ever now because you've put in the work and you know there's all these blocks along the way and you're just kind of like well if i'm doing the work i I want to go all the way you know you're not just going to settle so i think we're quite hungry as a team so so hopefully you know we'll we'll go out there and give it our best anyway and that's all we can do
1: katie did it take a while for everything to kind of click in training because i know you're playing club and at the same time, you know, those who didn't get to county finals would have had a bit of a break before going back in with the county. And I suppose everyone is going to be a little bit rusty having not played inter-county for half a year. Did it take a while maybe for things to kind of click and that rustiness to go after the first few sessions?
8: Yeah, I think um, actually the first training back, it was great. Like It was it was great to get back. I know, well, get back. We were only a few days finished for clubs, so we didn't actually, we didn't get a break. But as you said, most of the teams got a bit of time off. Um, so yeah, a bit of rustiness, but the intensity was there which is what you need anyway and um, so I took a few tr- sessions back and then we didn't have you know the naive Kiran girls till a few weeks after that again um, and a few girls it took them a while to maybe join the the panel again camogie girls and that kind of thing so and um, there was a bit of rustiness at the start with those not playing and then yeah, slowly, over the four weeks now, it's clicked because of players coming back. And I think yesterday we played Carlo in, in a very, very successful challenge game. It was really good. Everything clicked with us. Um, and I think that was kind of our, the strongest panel we're going to have. Um, so it was great to see it before we go into Wexford that, yeah, these are the girls we're going to have. This is what we're looking at. Um, So, yeah, I think it did. It took it took a few weeks, but things definitely clicked yesterday now. So as Annie said, we're all hungry for it now, this Wexford game.
1: And how are you feeling, Katie, about winter football then? Because this is as late yeah. as many of the players in the panel would have played outside of maybe club championship, which would have been, you know, say, a provincial campaign after that. It's going to be something new for most people. And I guess we hope the weather stays the way it has. I'd imagine with that challenge game yesterday, it wasn't too bad. But we're going to be getting into more wintry conditions, particularly ahead of that second game against Roscommon.
8: Definitely, yeah. I think the last few nights now, this week, has it's been cold at training and it's a big difference. So obviously the great. The summer football, we've been playing there a club, and um, but yeah, a lot of girls won't be used to playing unless maybe college games I know have gone on through winter, um, and as you said, provincial games. But this will be a season that none of us have ever gone through before, and um, you know, starting into all Ireland championship in, in October is a bit mad, but. I mean, once pitches are anyway playable, I think that's all you can hope for. And that I mean, obviously in the country we live in we could get a wet and stormy day in July anyway. So I think we've always been warned that the weather's gonna be a factor. Um and obviously we've to do our best. So once yeah, once it's not it's not too bad and pitches stay playable, it's all we can hope for really for a decent game because there's nothing worse than going and having weather is a huge factor in the pitches you know, sloppy and and it ruining maybe your game plan and and the way you play
1: mm, can come down to hard work and a good free taker at this yeah. time of year too. Um, Annie, I guess when it comes to the structure of everything that's before you now at this point, it would have been lovely to have the Leinster Championship and a guaranteed couple of games there, and then break off the qualifiers and All Ireland like years gone by. You just kind of have to put up with the way things are this year. Just you have to kind of be understanding that the the calendar just isn't there for a longer championship, really.
9: Yeah, that's just it. Like as well as that like we obviously we were doing quite well in the league as well so it would have been great to kind of pick up the league and and play off our last two games as well but like you said you know back in back in march we didn't even know if we'd have any games or any season left at all so i think we're just grateful to have anything to go back to to be honest so you know i think we're we're quite lucky to have even our two group games and, and have the chance at it so we can we can't really complain really too much
1: uh, we started talking about COVID, I'll finish talking about COVID too. <laughs> did either of you have any reservations about going back in? Like, was there any kind of thought about, geez, I might just sit out this year as opposed to going back in. This seems like too much hassle or maybe it's not safe. I'll ask it to both of you. Like, did, did either of you have any concerns?
8: Um, I think we probably both did. Um, in a way, as I said, nothing has ever soft as playing before. And it would be very, very strange to ever step away from, from the panel. But... I mean, we did have to sit down. We had to sit down with our parents here at home and just say, if football comes back, and I mean, this was before you even back training. You know, what do we do? Um, so we did. We had to, I suppose, talk through it and just see was it was it worth the the risk? And in fairness, the very support of our home and um, just said, you no, know, like that, that nothing's ever stopped us. And if we were happy to go ahead with it ourselves, that they wouldn't stop us going training. Um, but, you, you know, you do you do worry about bringing a risk home, bringing anything home. Um, but I am, in fairness, I think our nerves were settled when we went back and realised maybe how safe it was and um, how careful management have been. Because I think if it was another way around, you know, I'd hate to be a player going in and you're not comfortable with the setup, up um, and your management maybe aren't doing what they should be. And you'd have to make a decision then, well, I'm actually not going to be able to play for my county this year. I'm gonna to have to pull from the championship games because I just I don't feel comfortable. So, and um, no, for the time being, anyway, um, I'm happy enough to play. Yeah, like like you you do kind of have reservations, um, especially
9: with the the cases rising and everything. But I think we're we're quite lucky. Um, you know, we have a really good COVID officer, and we are taking all the precautions necessary. Um, and I suppose while the cases are rising, I don't know how like we're outdoor all the time so I, I think in general I don't think we're we're quite high risk really I think it's I know there has been a lot of speculation with regards to the GA and and how it's causing all the cases but I think it's it's more so the um, activities kind of revolving around matches and stuff rather than training and the matches themselves so I think in that regard you know I, I do feel safe at the minute anyway so we're just gonna have to see how things pan out yeah
1: yeah, I know those of us in the media are kind of probably guilty of you know, talking about the negative stuff before championship start. But I just think of like last yeah. week and everything that's happened with Cork in terms of their dual situation and so on. And potentially their Camogie team might go on strike if some of the games aren't fixed. And as, as players, does that fatigue a little bit too? The kind of year on year we hear these arguments about, you know, dual players not being able to be accommodated. And in some ways, this kind of overshadows the start of the championship more than all of us just talking about the games that are about to start in
6: a given weekend.
8: Yeah, I think it's frustrating. I know with club like we've they they still seem to struggle um not having fixtures overlapping and I do like I feel for inter-county dual players like Ronnie, a big old friend of mine, and mm-hmm. to see the stress that she goes through when she, you know, when fixtures are released and said she knows she texts straight away to say, This game I'll be missing, this game, this game and what goes through her head having to decide. So yeah, it was very it was it was annoying now to see that um the LJFA Camogie like voting against um doing something for the dual players again. Um, it was just, it just doesn't really make sense. I mean, if, if the men can do it, like I don't mm-hmm. understand why why they're not making those accommodations. So yeah, and I do think like it shouldn't overshadow, it should not be, should never be the focus of a championship is well, what players are going to be missing because of Komogi or football, you know.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine for Offaly, you know, Offaly's a small county, small population compared to other places. You look at some of the best players in the county in both codes, you know, for knee holes up yeah. at some point, Murray Daly's one of the best players in both codes. Mm-hmm. Roisin Egan, Lorraine Keener, we've already mentioned, Gron Egan is county standard in both uh, codes. These type of players, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of youngsters who'll come through that are brilliant at both. You would love mm-hmm. to see a situation where Offley can have something like with tip with Ashling Maloney where she comes on to play for the Camogie mm-hmm. and impresses at the weekend just gone by. you'd love to have the players available for ball panels if they could
8: yeah it makes it makes no sense why a a person if they're if they're that gifted at both why yeah. they should ever have to make the choice between them um and between which team they might represent um on any given kind of year or day and um yeah, I, I think something should be done about it because, like you said, and we're a small county. We don't have huge picks on either side, um, and to have those kind of that caliber of girls playing for for both would be a huge, you know, mm-hmm. advantage. Instead of having them say, no, they have to pick Mogie because it's just it's not doable to do to do the to, the two of them.
1: Hmm. I wonder if maybe the solution has to be both associations come together at some point but that's all yeah, for another day maybe for them to argue that out. Annie in terms of what's happened on the pitch preparations from here I guess you continue on keep the sessions going are you planning more challenge games ahead of the game against Wexford or is it actually difficult to get challenge games at the moment given a lot of the teams around your standard probably don't want to play it because you could potentially meet in the knockouts.
9: Uh, we actually, um, our manager was brilliant. I think he had a lot of um, challenge matches before we were even back. He had them lined up and ready to go. Um, so I don't know actually how hard it was for him to get those challenges mm. or if he was on the phone ringing, ringing people all the time or that. But um, no, it's been great to get them. Um, I don't think we have any challenges lined up now before Wexford. Um, I think there was mention of maybe one in between the Roscommon game and Wexford, um, but there's nothing um, for definite yet. But... Yeah, with regards to putting our head down, I suppose we'll just wait to see what what's said tonight, um, and yeah, we'll just put the head down now for for the next two weeks, and yeah, go out go out on the thirty first, and yeah, go out and play.
1: Well, for anyone who's listening to us in radio or podcast form, we are recording this about an hour and a half before the announcement yeah. is due to be made on whether we're going to level yeah. 4.5 4. or 5. So uh, understand uh, if it sounds like we're talking in the past tense currently. But fingers crossed, uh, games will continue uh, beyond the announcement which is due to be made on the Monday evening that we're currently recording this interview. Annie, Katie, thanks a million for chatting to me and uh, the very best of luck with uh, getting ready for the start of the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, All right, so that was Annie and Katie Keogh looking forward to the Offaly Ladies Footballers getting their campaign underway in two weekends time. We'll have plenty more about them and the Camogie team when the action gets back underway. It's kind of, in terms of local sport, Joe, we've had a lack of it over the last few weeks because Combined Counties Football League has been ground to a halt uh, because of this COVID situation. Uh, The localised leagues, which were being played in the Energia League, the old All-Ireland Ulster Bank League, which is now sponsored by Energia, has ground those competitions to a halt. Women's rugby locally has been ground to a halt in the last little bit too. Uh, so we've just been unfortunate that you know, the GA has just about proceeded with the club action halted. But uh, for the best part, that's been the elite sport in the Midlands that's been able to continue. Uh, but a few other kind of bits and bobs that were happening, uh, including Jordan Conroy, who, if anyone didn't see Keane Tracy's interview in The Independent two Saturdays ago, a really good one, if you want to get a perspective on... Uh, how athletes of colour can feel uh, when they're growing up within certain environments. And uh, Jordan Conroy was talking quite extensively about uh, some of the implicit and explicit racism that he suffered uh, during his career. Uh, The Tullmore Man picked up another award virtually at the weekend, Joe. No uh, Irish uh, rugby awards this year, unfortunately, in terms of the gala event, but it was all over Zoom. Uh, Second year in a row, though, that he's won the Irish Men's Sevens Player of the Year. I'm perfectly understandable Uh, when you look at his rap sheet. You will uh, forgive me for having a quick read through what he's done this year. Scored 30 tries in 28 games in the Sevens World Series when Ireland went up to the senior level proper of the World Series this season. He was the top try scorer eight more than anyone else in the competition. And when you consider that Ireland weren't in the upper echelons or contesting for honours, it makes it all the more impressive that a player slightly further down the rankings is running in all the tries. He was also named for the first time on the World Rugby Sevens Team of the Year. Uh, Quite remarkable, Joe, what he's been doing. He's back in the Ireland Seven squad. Uh, Anyone who follows Jordan on Facebook or Instagram will probably see he's back in training. Said he passed his COVID-19 test Uh, during the week too so he's back in training have you seen much of Jordan and the pace that he's got in the wing?
2: Yeah especially you know look there's that much spoken on it's hard to watch all the full games but certainly um, you'd often anywhere there's an awfully sportsman or an Irish sportsman going you try to keep an eye on them and the highlights package you see you know where they put together these short IRB videos and, and put them up on Facebook and Twitter the speed and the athleticism of him is incredible it's like I've seen one user you know saying it's it's like Usain ball with a rugby ball because you know you've seen the animations where the lightning ball is coming out of them and the fire symbol and stuff you know they just they make it to promote these events but you know what an athlete and for a local athlete to be um, at that level and you're talking in in world circles you know I know it's different games get different promotions and different levels of followership but like what he's doing in his sport is is on a par with what Shane Lowry is doing in his only you know golf is such a an Irish contingent over the years and it's uh, so heavily invested in in terms of um, deals with Sky Sports and stuff we see it it's accessible whereas um, the Sevens rugby isn't isn't as prevalent you can you can get it alright you can watch it but definitely anyone from around um, Tullamore RFC uh, would have massive massive pride in, in Jordan and beyond and you know, what he's done is incredible because you read out those those figures it's, it's, it's unbelievable and when actually you see him in the flesh and, and see him on television doing these things, um, it's incredible because that's such a speed game and such a skill game. And you'd often wonder, and I often wonder with these, you know, rugby league, rugby union, if you had a crossover, what he would offer in conventional rugby because you put that man a, a full backer on the wing and on, on a proper conventional I've rugby team. Watch
1: him play 15s, Joe. He's, he's a very decent 15s player. Like he was really good with Buccaneers uh, when they picked him up from Tullamore and he was involved with Connick the bit and then. I guess, unfortunately, or fortunately, given his skill set and just the remarkable pace that he has, the Ireland Sevens snapped him up on the Sevens programme and Anthony Eddy had him playing Sevens primarily. So he didn't get enough time to kind of impress the Connacht as a wing. I think uh, Andy Friend would have been very happy to have him around and to utilise his skill set. You're talking to some of the Buccaneers coaches who got Jordan in at quite a young age. It was a case of just working on certain skills that were a step up from playing say, lower grade Ulster Bank at the time to going up to where books were in 1A and 1B. Unfortunately, they fall fallen to Division 2 subsequently. But uh, when Buccaneers took him in, it was just a case of defensive positions, you know, worrying about lines the other way as opposed to running straight down the line and trying to score tries. Uh, from that point of view, the seven skill set probably suits him a bit better. But I don't think the 15 dream is entirely over. The problem is that he's probably too good at sevens uh, to be considered not to be playing 15s. Uh, there's a remarkable uh, group of seven players currently it's uh, very difficult to qualify for World Cups and so on, but Ireland have taken that step up to go to the World Series. Um, you know, Izzy, also from Kilcormock, who would have played uh, rugby with Tullamore and then went to the Sturgeon College, is at Ulster currently. And he's played with the Ireland Sevens in some of these tournaments. And he was playing for Ulster Sevens at the weekend. And again, I saw a YouTube clip of him bombing down the wing. And Izzy, in a way, makes no sense in terms of like he's a second row who you would imagine should be just uh, carrying ball and lumbering as a forward, but he's just got this fleet of foot, which is just remarkable. Uh, would be a cousin of the Dooleys from Clarine too, you know, so didn't uh, lick it off the stone in terms of the sporting ability that he has. But uh, when he gets going, he's, he's remarkable. I think there's a, a lot of ability there. He would have been in Scotland with the Borders team last year and has now come back to Ireland to play for Ulster and uh, does a bit of modelling too. Uh, These sevens players seem to have a bit of flamboyancy about them. And one thing I do like about Jordan, before we move on, he doesn't like pineapple on his pizza. I can always respect someone who won't allow a pineapple to be on their pizza job. (laughs)
2: Once piece of there, I'm happy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, um, there's also major involvement. I mentioned um, the Aviva this coming weekend. So it's now a doubleheader with a bit bit of a gap between it, where the men's game is going to be first and uh, the women's game against Italy is afterwards. We'll have to wait for Adam Griggs to name his squad later this week. Uh, but We've got lots of potential, awfully interest there with the uh, girls from home who've been involved in group sessions uh, for the 2 weekend camps they've had. Uh, Shannon is still waiting to make her competitive debut for Ireland, uh, but could potentially be part of that squad. Ailsa Hughes is in contention to start at number nine. Um, Michelle Claffey probably will be expected to start in the centre from Dune. And then you've got Nicola Friday from Kilcormuck who should have a good chance of starting in the second row, particularly with Ethan McDermott's injury. I would imagine that Nicola Friday is actually nailed on to start this coming weekend. But Adam Griggs still has to select his team. It's a pretty crucial period coming up. They've got World Cup qualifiers in December. They've got the last two games of the Six Nations. This has all been pushed back from earlier in the year. And it was great to see this week that Canterbury finally made up for their mistake, which is that when they decided to make an Irish yeah. women's jersey for sale. They did not put players in to model it. Uh, as far as I understand, the jersey was not ready at the time in the summer. But Canterbury put their hands up this week with the girls back in camp uh, at Abbottstown. And just the hands went up and they said, look, we made a mistake. And Nicola Friday was one of the poster girls for the jersey. And it was great to see Linda Juong and... Um, I think uh, Kina Maloney was also uh, one of them. They basically spread it across the provinces. And it was great to see that Nicola Friday actually got the chance to be front and centre and to have a player. Because I'm sure those jerseys are going to sell like hotcakes uh, to young girls who wouldn't previously have been able to buy the actual women's jersey and would have had to buy a men's jersey. So that's uh, great for her. And I think Nicola's a great ambassador, Joe. I mean, you would pass through uh, Kilcormick quite a bit. And we remember the pub last year was painted up uh, with her jumping up for a line out at one stage. And I think like a really good role model there in Nicola.
2: Yeah, look, I, I went out to interview Nicola in in Tullamore a couple of times, um, particularly ahead of her her kind of first international selection and. You know, she actually, she's only about two miles down the road from me here. She's in Kilcormack inside the border there, but she's on the, the back road there on the family farm. From It's between Rath and Kilcormack. And You're trying to you claim know, her here
1: now for Drumcullen, aren't you? With your Drumcullen top I, to I look the at video. the
2: boundaries, but no, unfortunately, she's Kilcormack all <laughs> right. But uh, no, a lovely, lovely girl. Uh, very affable, very friendly, works extremely hard. You know, you see her on social media there. She's very dedicated to her sport. You know, I, I remember... And she took up rugby quite late, it has to be remembered, because I did go over um, to Tullamore It's one of those Towns Cup matches a couple of years ago when, when the girls had a good run in it. And, you know, a very soft-spoken girl, does in court, the limelight, uh, would probably rather not do interviews than do them. Um, but comes across very, very well, um, well-grounded, uh, comes from a hard-working family background, which probably stands her in, in good stead as a, as a professional athlete. But I'm no, absolutely delighted that they're getting the recognition, not just in, in ladies' rugby, across all levels. You know, why why go you know, you wouldn't put, I don't know, Matt Damon in a in, in an offaly hurling uh, jersey or an Irish rugby jersey. You know, go and get the players, give them the respect. They're they're training at the same level. Uh the pay opportunities are improving to get on the level all the while. Um it, it was an insult at the time and I know the people in marketing offices make mistakes and Canterbury come out but you know, these are the girls that are going through the title. Give them the financial reward, give them the publicity, you know, give them everything that they deserve because we've seen a cultural shift the last couple of years and that, that women's sport is is on a on a par with men's sport. And in terms of entertainment value, you know, you're seeing more and more, um, I think Katie McCabe got a fantastic goal for, um, on, on Twitter the other night as well in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the soccer. But I just think women's sports have to be afforded the same opportunity you know there's been a big call for on the 2020 movement and everything like that but no this, it, it's common sense you know and I've seen the photo shoot today the girls look fantastic the jersey looks fantastic and you know it's great to see them in the public eye and long may I continue and progress
1: yeah, uh, just to round up then on the golf, because uh, when Joe and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, we expected that Shane Larry wasn't going to play until the Masters, because that's what he said uh, going up to play the Irish Open. But subsequently, played Wentworth last week, uh, played fairly well. Uh, in the end, unfortunately, his form kind of slumped off on the weekend. Uh, but going into the weekend, he was the joint leader on 12 under par. He put in two good first rounds at Wentworth, the course that he just loves playing. And then he got onto a plane after that and went to Las Vegas on the weekend just gone by and played in the CJ Cup. And again, you know, didn't shoot the light out at any point, but played really well on the final day, uh, got himself a 5-under final round and ended up finishing in 28th place. So, Joe, we get to this point now where the Masters is very much on the horizon as October gets ready to give way into November, and where Lowry's form wasn't hectic and you know, he missed uh, the weekend at the Irish Open, uh, but here he is now after putting in a couple of good weekends
2: work. Yeah, but his form lines weren't massively hectic coming into the open win. It's just the case of it coming together over four days because if, I was looking at uh, Greg Allen, of course, the, the great RT uh, golf analyst, and, and also you know other people that were, were writing about it as well, uh, talking about where Shane's game is at. and, and People would see maybe a 70-72 and they'd think he played poorly, but his, his irons, his wedges have been top class. They've been up in, in the top, the upper echelons of, of in terms of ball striking ability. Uh, his putter has been on and off in terms of uh, hot hot streaks, and his driving has been fairly consistent, but pray, maybe not where he wants it to be. Um, I just seen his own schedule today. He put out that you know he was, I think, 12 out of 13 weeks away from from Wendy and the family, and he's keen to get back, recharge the batteries. And next stop was the Masters. I think a fully relaxed uh, Shane Lowry going back out into that. Um, you know, I know I always like to talk up Shane and, and talk up where his game is at, but. I'd make a bold, bold prediction that, that nice. Shane will be in in that Masters. Now you couldn't go out on a limb and say that he'll oh yeah he'll go win the thing because you're you know you're you're talking again the best of the best players in the world in in my favourite major of the year to look at. But I just think a course like Augusta, um, it suits it suits a lot of good iron players. It suits a lot of short game players um, to put themselves in good position. You know it's not one of these courses you have to bomb. It's not one of these courses like a US Open where if you find trouble off, your, off the tee box, you're nearly out of that hole. Um, I just think Shane's all-around accuracy game will suit um, the, the Masters course in Augusta. And I also think that he, he revels in he revels in the big tournaments. You know, Shane isn't where he was, you know, five, six years ago, where he's scrambling to keep a tour card or get a tour card or set himself up uh, to be able to last on the tour because it is a dog-eat-dog world out there. Shane is obviously in a position now, thankfully, that he's financially, obviously, fairly comfortable. So... It now becomes, you know, as my father used to always say, why does Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy, why do these guys strive to stay being the best? Because money isn't, it's not about money. You know what? They have more money than they could ever spend at that level. It's about legacy. It's about performing in the big, big tournaments because that's the ones the people will always remember. And I just think pressure is something that's always sat fairly easy with Shane. The bigger the tournaments, the bigger the performance. Look, you can look back on the near miss at US Open but that can happen to anyone it wasn't a complete capitulation or anything it just shows the hurt he showed after that how much he feels he deserves to be in contention with his game and I just think um, we could have a good weekend um, of, of sport that weekend coming into the Masters I think if Shane can sneak in make the cut be within you know two shots two three shots of the lead hang around there get to a top ten coming into Sunday you just never know because I think his game is, is in a reasonably good place
1: Well fingers crossed big weekend coming up as I mentioned at the outset lots happening Uh, Wednesday night uh, we're probably speaking to you from the future if you're listening to us later in the week Uh, but you've got Offaly against Westmeath in the opening round of the Leinster under 20 Uh, you've got Offaly's hurlers this coming Saturday at home against Kildare in the first round of the Christie Ring Championship. Uh, Then you've got Division Three of the National Football League this coming Sunday, Offaly against Derry, 2pm also in Tullamore. At the same time, the Offaly Minor Hurlers will be taking on Kildare in the last eight of the Leinster Minor Hurling Championship. uh, That game also at 2pm. We'll have hopefully... A half a dozen offly players involved in the squad with the women's Six Nations team this coming Saturday against Italy. And all that to look forward to. It's going to give us plenty to round up on next week's show. Next week's podcast, like this one, dropping at around about 10 a.m., on all your favorite podcast networks. If you're not on pod services, uh, we will have it on SoundCloud. It's on our Facebook. Look for Brave and Faithful podcast there. Faithful Pod on Twitter. I uh, will also be putting up all the details about this week's show. And if you want to check out our YouTube, we'll have shorter videos of some of the different sections from the chat we just had. Thanks a million for listening. Joe, see them all again next week. We'll see you all again and stay safe.
0: You've been listening to the Brave and Faithful podcast. Will and Joe will be back with a fresh pod next Tuesday. To continue the conversation, we're on Twitter, Facebook and
2: Instagram.